Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The thing was so large and so happy. I could barely move it. Oh, Recorded live. Here we go. See you on the flip side. A-U-N. American Underground Network. The primary reason why the individual citizens of a country create a political structure is a subconscious wish or desire to perpetuate their own dependency relationship of childhood. Simply put, they want a human god to eliminate all risk from their life, pat them on the head, kiss their bruises, put a chicken on every dinner table, clothe their bodies, tuck them into bed at night, and tell them that everything will be all right when they wake up in the morning. This public demand is incredible, so the human god, the politician, meets incredibility with incredibility by promising the world and delivering nothing. So who is the bigger liar, the public or the godfather? All revolutions have been led by young people. If you just think of the TV images of whether it's Tiananmen Square or whether it's the uh, revolts in Central America or Europe, it's the young people, it's the college people who are more principled and not locked in and they're not embedded with the government. They are the ones who are concerned about the future because the future is theirs. My research has shown at this point that the future laid out for us may be just about impossible to change. I do not agree with the means by which the powerful few have chosen for us to reach the end. I do not agree that the end is where we should end at all. But unless we can wake the people from their sleep, nothing short of civil war will stop the planned outcome. It's the American Underground Network Collective Consciousness Show with Jim Condit, Jr. in Cincinnati, Ohio, Fred Smart in Evanston, Illinois, Steve Harris in Charlotte, North Carolina. Now, live from Portland, Oregon, your host, Dee Dee Farrell. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for coming back, as usual. It was so great, and we had a good week last week. It was a wonderful call. And um, so this week, Fred's gone again, this time in Florida. And uh, it's really nice that he gets to take a break and, and, and go places with his family. Um, so we're happy to have him back next week for our fourth installment of of Bob Schultz's uh, life story, which has been great to to, uh, archive. I'm so happy that he's doing that. And welcome everyone that's joined us. Welcome all you callers on TalkShoe. Always welcome here. And we are delighted and thrilled and enthused, as usual, to have um, Professor James Fitzer with us again, who has so much inside information that we all just hang on every word, and we're like junkies for this kind of information. <laughs> That's why we keep coming back, because everyone on here is an avid researcher and learner, and I'm very proud to say I'm part of this group. So 
Jim, welcome to the program by our call number, week number 488. <laughs> oh, thanks, Edie. I'm just, yeah. uh, I'm, just, I'm just delighted to be, be back. I mean, this Donald Trump is a political phenomenon. Not only did he execute a hostile takeover of the Republican Party, but he, he won a battle fighting on three different fronts against the, the, the DNC and its corrupt candidate, Hillary Clinton, against the Republican establishment, which was just as opposed to him as the DNC, and against the mainstream media, which has again and again and again displayed its degree of corruption. Well, we have to reflect on the observation of William Colby to Congress, namely that the agency owns everyone is significant in the mainstream media. And I think it's becoming increasingly clear today, having been unable to deprive him of the Republican nomination, having been unable to deprive him of the election, even though they were issuing all kinds of polls showing he didn't have a chance, they were giving all kinds of false information, they were trying to smear him every way to Sunday. He nevertheless prevailed. They tried a, a faithless elector approach, which actually cost Donald two electors in Texas, but Hillary four in Washington, D.C., five altogether, Three, four in Washington, D.C., three who voted for Colin Powell, one who voted for American Indian activists, whom I have no doubt would have made a better president of the United States than Hillary Clinton. Uh, then, of course, they've been trying ever since to make him out to be somehow detached from reality, including, for example, at the inauguration, claiming he was wrong about the attendance where I myself have reviewed the photographs, and it's very obvious that they were using photographs taken earlier on the day to make it look as though he didn't have a, a, a turnout approximately equal to that of Barack Obama, where there's no question but what, because of international coverage, he actually had a larger audience overall. But that's only symptomatic of one of a vast number of claims that have made against Donald that he uh, is somehow wrong about these matters, the most recent, of course, being his observation that he was uh, dumbfounded to discover that he was being uh, uh, wiretapped by the Obama administration. Now, I'm going to return to that because the evidence has become increasingly fascinating uh, with the passage of time. And I'll talk about any of these, anything you know, under the sun that you guys would like to talk about, but let me make it uh, it became very, very clear Tuesday night when I caught Lawrence O'Donnell on MSNBC, a repeat, I think, of his show, where he was saying that while the, uh, the Trump uh, cabinet may not be there yet, it's obvious that Donald Trump is out of touch with reality. Uh, he, he believes in, in fantasies. He, he doesn't understand what's going on. And that at some point they should invoke the 25th Amendment, declare him incapable incompetent, unable to exercise the duties of his office. Uh, uh, Lawrence doesn't seem to understand that it would have to go further than that because if such a vote were to take place, which I don't expect even remotely, uh, if the president were to contest it would require a two-thirds vote of both the House and the Senate, that's not going to happen. But they've been piling on ever since his uh, really uh, superb speech to Congress. I mean, you know, it's not that long ago the speech took place, uh, a week ago Tuesday. And yet they've yes. been piling on with Jeff Sessions and everything else under the sun. I want to go through some of the stories that, that, that have been used against him and explain how we know the facts of the matter. 
and that they're, they're wrong in the, every one of these cases. I'm going to talk about eight, eight or nine examples. And let me just say, we had the rather stunning uh, development just a few hours ago uh, that uh, Barack Obama's half-brother, Malik, posted Barack Obama's Kenyan birth certificate. It, it's the oh. same birth certificate I had sorted out years ago on a show of my own uh, where I have now posted this blog from Dr. Eowyn of the Fellowship of the Minds at jamesfetzer.blogspot.com, including the, the uh, real deal episode I had done years ago uh, along with it on the same blog, Real Deal episode number 106, Trashing Trump Unjustly, where I explain how we know that Obama uh, was actually born in Kenya, that the Hawaiian birth certificate was a fraud, and that they'd even created a fake Kenyan birth certificate so they could divert attention if someone said, uh, this is, uh, that he was born in Kenya, we have the birth certificate, they could say, yeah, yeah, it's been debunked by creating one that was an obvious forgery so they could debunk it. The fact of the matter is that Donald was even right in, in, with regard to the birther issue, which was the first oh, yeah. of you know so many. I mean, it's outrageous what we're dealing with here now. It really Just is. Just to give you, did you want to, yeah, you want to squeeze in a word or two here? Go ahead. No, I just said it really is. No, you go for it, Jim. Yeah. No, I oh, agree okay, 100%. Okay. okay. Well, you know, about this business, about uh, the refugees coming into the country being a threat, even President Assad of Syria has observed that terrorists are hiding among the Syrian refugees. I mean, the, the problems that have arisen in Europe, to which I'm going to return, are certainly problems we don't want to have here in the USA. But the, the media are being, uh, you know, suppressing information uh, that makes it uh, look as though Trump is right about this. For example, CNN yesterday uh, uh, cut off in mid-sentence a, a member of Congress who was pointing out that there are problems because there are, uh, are terrorists among the refugees. I mean, they just cut him off. They didn't want to hear it, so they just cut him off. Uh, this is a, a rather heavy-handed application of the, the, the elementary fallacy known as special pleading, where you only cite the evidence favorable to your side and ignore the rest. This is like the uh, used car salesman who talks about the wonderful upholstery in the car, the terrific stereo system and air conditioning, ignoring that it, 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 the transmission is shot and it needs a valve job. I mean, that's what used car salesmen do, but that's also what, you know, editorial writers and, and unfortunately disinformation artists practice, and unfortunately our, our mainstream media is simply infested with, with ops. Here's another. Remember when during the Indiana primary he observed that, that the father of Senator Ted Cruz had been captured in a photograph of Lee Oswald in front of the trademark New Orleans when he was handing out fair play for Cuba uh, uh, flyers. That, that was supposed to be another lunacy on the part of Donald Trump. Well, JFK is an ex area of expertise of mine. I do the new JFK show with three other students who are extremely good, one of whom, Larry Rivera, may be the best of, uh, of the current generation of JFK scholars. And we thoroughly investigated. We, we had already known that Rafael Cruz was in New Orleans. We already knew that Rafael Cruz was an anti-Castro Cuban. We verified that was indeed Rafael Cruz there in New Orleans in front of the trademark. I even know uh, 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 or knew 
a figure is captured in that photograph when it's not cropped, a, a relatively short man with long arms in the right foreground, whose name was Chauncey Marvin Holt. He actually was a, uh, had a very unusual career, but as a contract agent for the CIA, he forged 15 sets of Secret Service credentials for use in and around Dealey Plaza during the assassination. I got to know him, met him personally at a restaurant at the, uh, beneath the Rose Bowl in California after he called me up in the middle of the night to stay. He'd been staying up all night to watch this four-and-a-half-hour documentary I prepared in 1994 entitled JFK, The Assassination, The Cover-Up, and Beyond, and told me he thought I got it right. I thought that was pretty good coming from a guy who was himself a participant in the assassination. So this was, not only was this Raphael Cruz, but I was stunned when uh, Ralph Sinkay, who, who founded the Oswald Innocence Campaign, and who was very instrumental in identifying a figure whose, whose identity has been contested by the government standing in the doorway uh, on the basis of his height, his weight, his build, his uh, uh, shirt and his uh, uh, overshirt as having been Lee Harvey Oswald, where Larry Rivera did a further confirmation by uh, studying, uh, putting together a series of photographs and, and creating gifts that it fed into the facial features of the figure in the doorway to verify that it was indeed Lee Oswald and not the man the government claimed, one Billy Lovelady, who's actually standing beside him on that upper part of the stairway with his arms raised to protect him from the sun, wearing a short-sleeved red and white vertically striped shirt. Even uh, Billy said he thought it was odd that they would be confused since he was two to three inches shorter, 15 to 20 pounds lighter uh, than Lee. Uh, and, and, of course, he was wearing a completely different shirt. But the government, through a series of maneuvers, has obfuscated that fact well, we've nailed it down, but what's interesting here is that Ralph Sinkay also noticed that uh, Rafael Cruz had been captured in a very famous color photograph taken by a Dallas Morning News photographer of the limousine on uh, Main Street before it turned on to Houston and then that 110-degree turn back into Elm Street, the kill zone, where you could actually see Rafael Cruz in the upper right-hand corner standing behind a, a fellow who has been identified as Antonio Vassiana, who is the founder of Alpha 66, a particularly vicious anti-Castro group. Now, uh, what stunned me about it is I used that very photograph on the cover of my first book on JFK, where I had three early books in 1998, 2000, and 2003, and I'm about to publish my fourth, bringing together the best experts on different aspects of the case. And on my very first, where I, I featured a, a Ph.D. who is also an M.D. and an expert in radiation oncology, uh, which, of course, is a treatment of cancer using X-ray therapy, who's an expert on X-rays, a world authority on the human brain, who's also an expert on wound ballistics, a physician who was president of Trauma Room 1 when JFK was brought in and then two days later was responsible for the care and treatment of his alleged assassin, Lee Oswald, in Trauma Room Number 2. I'd actually used that photograph on the cover of my book. So I had Rafael Cruz and Antonio Vesciana there in the right-hand corner of assassination science. So, I mean, Trump is, again, he's absolutely correct. Uh, it, indeed, when Trump maintained that millions of votes were fraudulently cast, I looked into the matter again, and it turns out that Jerry Brown, as governor of California, passed a motor voter law in 2015 
that allowed the automatic registration to vote of anyone when they obtained a driver's license, which sounds just fine until you learn that in California, illegal aliens are allowed to obtain driver's licenses. I think they thought this was a covert way no one would even ever notice that, you know, enabled, who knows, millions of illegal aliens to vote. You can bet the vast majority were not going to be supporting the man who wants to impose borders and deport those who are here illegally. Uh, in addition, Barack Obama himself went on a Latino radio station and, and told the, the hostess, who, who, who's a rather well-known figure as an actress, uh, who expressed concern that many Latinos would like to vote, but they're worried the documents are going to be checked. And he said, no, no, he reassured him, no, that's not going to happen. When you're in the, the booth, when you're voting, you're a citizen, uh, encouraging them to vote, assuring them no one would be checking their documents, ignoring the difference, the ambiguity between performing the function of a citizen when you're casting a vote and being legally entitled to perform that function. In addition, yeah, we know of... He found 800,000 illegal popular votes. Uh, where, Dee Dee? It looks like the number is actually much greater than that. But where did you is want? It? Where would okay. the? Oh, that's just what yeah. I had learned. But I'm not surprised it's greater. That's really unreal. Go ahead, Jim. Yeah, yeah, it is fascinating. Then when Jill Stein asked for the recount in Michigan, they found massive evidence of voter fraud. They found precincts where 95 percent of the vote had been cast for Hillary Clinton and that the ballot boxes had been stopped after the polls were already closed. So I think the estimate of, of $3 million is going to turn out to be pretty close to the mark. It's going to be – but the fact is that the, 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 the media continues to insist there's no evidence at all, just as they insist there's no evidence at all for, the, for Obama having been spying on, on Trump. And, and when you hear the evidence, when you actually look at the situation, it's completely the opposite. Here's another, of course, we're in the midst of this repeal revision of Obamacare. Uh, not only has Trump described Obamacare as a disaster, but we got that from none other than Bill Clinton himself. When he actually spoke out at a campaign event that Obamacare is crazy, you're paying twice as much for half as much, major uh, insurance companies are pulling out of Obamacare. It is a failure, even on a catastrophic level. And while I agree that a great deal of, 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 of pain has to be taken in getting it right, where I personally favor Bernie Sanders' plan of expanding Medicare for everyone, Medicare was introduced in order to be expanded gradually to the entire population. We know the bureaucratic overhead for administering a program like this is much lower when it's done by the government than by a private company. For a Social Security-type program, of which this would be an example, uh, the government overhead is about 2%, but privatized administration leaps to 12 I think the whole idea of tax credits and all this is just much too complicated for the American people. Much better to have a single-payer government plan. I hope that's how it will all fall out when they have so much controversy over how to do it right. But there it is. The point is that Obamacare was tattered, torn, and broken. Even Bill Clinton admitted you're paying twice as much for half as much. You remember a couple of weeks ago when he was being assailed for claiming there was a terrorist event in Sweden. That's not what he said. He said, look at the situation in Sweden where he was responding to a program he'd watched of Tucker Carlson reporting the, the astronomical increase of rapes in Sweden because of the immigrant crisis. And it turns out when you look into the matter, as I have done, 
that rapes have just exploded in Sweden. Sweden is now on a per capita basis, the rape capital of the world. It's more than twice the incident of rape in the next most frequent country, Jamaica, as I recall. It's three, three times the rate in the United States, and it's a, it's a crisis induced by, by these, uh, these migrants, but they don't want to admit it. I had a long talk with a friend of mine who resides in Sweden who confirmed everything I'm telling you. He said this is on the mind of every Swede that they are destroying the culture of Sweden. There's a, a lesson here to be learned and the West hasn't appreciated what's going on here or its full dimensions. I think that the Donald's actions in wanting to tighten up safeguards are entirely appropriate. It's been misdescribed as him not having the legal authority. Well, I located the law that the Donald would eventually actually read, but where the mainstream media didn't even allow him to read the whole law, which makes it clear that the president has virtually unrestricted right to restrain who enters the country and to ban any class of immigrants on virtually any grounds he, he thinks is appropriate. In addition, of course, we have uh, uh, the, the, the D.C. scandal where the Russians are supposed to have hacked. But we know what happened there. We know how those DNC emails got to Julian Assange, and Russians had nothing to do with it. Seth yep. Rich, who was the IT guy for the DNC, appears to have been completely disillusioned by the sabotaging of Bernie Sanders' campaign, so that he gave a treasure trove of these DNC emails to Craig Murray, who's an intelligence uh, analyst, UK ambassador to Uzbekistan, the head of a college, a friend of Julian Assange, who gave them to Julian. They have both stated they know the identity of the leaker, uh, and he was not Russian, and while Assange hasn't specifically said that Seth Rich was a source, he has offered a $20,000 reward for information leading to the arrest and conviction of whoever was responsible for his death, uh, evidently in retaliation for releasing those emails, which of course have had enormous consequence, because once they got to the Podesta emails, it, it allowed the discovery of the whole uh, coded messages about Pizzagate and other, you know, which I, which I regard as the greatest will go down as the greatest political scandal in the history of the United States. We yeah. also know the so-called the so fan, uh, Russian dossier was actually fan fiction made up by a member of the 4chan uh, uh, chat board. Uh, I have reported on this multiple times, but I, I'm glad to reiterate the situation here. Where the, the head of 4chan revealed that it had been made up by a member of their chat board who, who uh, as, as a joke, that it was sent to uh, a fellow who was an anti-Trumper by the name of Rick Wilson, who was uh, uh, thought it was real, and who sent it to the CIA, which, believe it or not, took it seriously. And, of course, this included the scene where Trump is supposed to have hired a couple of, of prostitutes to, to pee on a bed that Obama had slept on as a form of uh, maligning him. I mean, this is ridiculous beyond belief. I've actually read the dossier, and it has such illuminating observation is that RT Russia today, the, the network news outlet, is favorable to Russia. I mean, that's what you learn from that dossier. It also talks about motives Russia might have had by preferring uh, Trump to Clinton. But think about this. There was no reason to believe that Trump was going to win. We were getting one poll after another saying, in fact, he was going to lose. They were even telling us there really wasn't any point in Trump supporters turning out to vote for Trump because he didn't have a, a prayer. 
uh, under those circumstances or any other, what sense would it have made for Russia to make an effort to intervene here? In fact, it's ridiculous beyond belief, and it didn't happen. Even Loretta Lynch, for all of her other faults, admitted that there'd been no evidence of any Russian hacking into the election, even though we continue to hear it day after day after day. In fact, for those who are aware, uh, on uh, February 15th, uh, the FBI Deputy Director Andrew McCabe uh, had a one-on-one meeting with Rents Priebus, and told, uh, told uh, Rents that a New York Times story on the subject, this Russian dossier, was complete bullshit. Rents Priebus asked him if he could give that information to the press so the American people would understand. The FBI demurred, saying that was not something they could do. So the media ran with it and said, FBI, you know, Priebus tries to get the FBI to debunk these claims about the Russian dossier and the FBI won't do it, leaving the impression the FBI won't do it because they're true, when the fact of the matter is they're not, and the FBI was repudiating them, where they did acknowledge after Priebus made an inquiry whether he could quote them, and they said yes, they could quote him. So, I mean, we know those stories are bullshit. In addition, we have, of course, the claim that Jeff Sessions had committed perjury during his his Senate confirmation hearing, where he was asked a very elaborate question by Al Franken in the context of questioning whether, you know, uh, uh, members of the Trump campaign were making contact with Russians. He answered no. He was unaware of none of them. When it later turned out that he met the Russian ambassador at some embassy function and actually had a conversation with him in his own Senate office, uh, they, it was leaped upon as though he'd said something false. He didn't say anything that was false. If you consider the context, what happened was they simply took his response out of context. And believe it or not, the, these meetings between senators and ambassadors are arranged by the Department of State. I mean, there was nothing untoward here whatsoever. And now we have this new brouhaha about uh, uh, the, the, the uh, uh, Trump saying, that there appears to have been surveillance by Obama, for which there now appears to be uh, an enormous amount of information. Let me give you a couple of highlights, and then I'll go back and do a more thorough review of the available evidence. Uh, We had Ben Rhodes, a spokesman for Obama, saying no president can order a wiretap. Those restrictions were put in place to protect citizens from people like you. But that appears to be wrong. In fact, if you look at Chapter 36 of Title 50 of the U.S. Code, War and National Defense, Subchapter 1, Section 1802, reads as follows, Notwithstanding any other law, the President, through the Attorney General, may authorize electronic surveillance without a court order under this subchapter to acquire foreign intelligence information for periods of up to one year if the Attorney General certifies uh, it, it's propriety and righty. So it's Loretta Lynch who appears to have authorized the wiretaps on Trump Tower, uh, who is now out urging an insurrection against the government. The former attorney general calls for resisting President Trump with marches, blood, and death. But get this. Uh, we had a, a recount by this guy, Mark Levin, uh, uh, about the sequence of the development of all of these stories based upon publicly published sources. And here's one of those. Heat Street. This is back on uh, 7 November 2016. Exclusive. 
FBI granted FISA warrant covering Trump camp's ties to Russia. Two separate sources with links to the counterintelligence community have confirmed to Heat Street that the FBI sought and was granted a FISA court warrant in October, giving counterintelligence permission to examine the activities of U.S. persons in Donald Trump's campaign with ties to Russia. Uh, Even more striking is the fact that the New York Times on the, uh, let's see, on the 4th of March, published Trump offering no evidence as Obama tapped his phones, whereas on the 20th of January, the very same New York Times publishes a front page, top of the page article, wiretap data used inquiry of Trump aides uh, examining Russian ties. That's a New York Times contradicting itself in, in, within about six weeks. Now, I mean, this is outrageous. The New York Times, after all, is our nation's newspaper of record. What it publishes is supposed to be the official history of the United States. Now, there's a great deal more that goes on behind the scene, but I'm glad to stop and catch my breath. If there's some questions you'd like to raise at this point, or if you would like me to continue to lay out the case. No, you can continue. So this whole thing with the Umbridge group, the hackers yeah. that are using the malware and then blaming it. And right. then the Vault 7, the WikiLeaks remote hacking that yeah. killed Hastings and anybody else that's, that's been exactly, in a car or that's, plane. That, that's exactly where I'm going, actually. Okay. You're 100% on top of it. I mean, okay. it, uh, one article has reported every conspiracy theorist in America has just been vindicated. Yes, the government can use your phone, your computer, and even potentially your television set to spy on what you're doing inside your own home. Uh, On Tuesday, WikiLeaks released thousands of documents that prove that virtually every conspiracy theorist in America, what virtually every conspiracy theorist in America has been saying for years about government spying. I I, I mean, this author doesn't even like to use the word conspiracy theorist. I regard myself as a conspiracy analyst, as a conspiracy realist, because conspiracy Mm -hmm. theories are ubiquitous. And yes, D.D., you're exactly right, Vault 7 the largest ever publication of confidential CIA documents coming from Julian Assange. Among their, the profound revelations here is that the CIA can engage in false flag cyber attacks that portray Russia as the assailant. Discussing CIA's remote devices branch Umbridge group, WikiLeaks source notes that it collects and maintains a substantial library of attack techniques stolen from malware produced in other states, including the Russian Federation. With Umbridge and related projects, the CIA can not only increase its total number of attack types, but also misdirect attribution by leaving behind the fingerprints of the groups that the attack techniques were stolen from. Umbridge components cover key key loggers, password collection, webcam capture, data destruction, persistence, privilege escalation, stealth, antivirus avoidance, and survey techniques. As Kim.com summarizes in, in a tweet, CI uses techniques to make cyber attacks look like they originated from enemy state. It turns DNC Russia hack allegation by CIA into a joke. That's exactly right. Even the Russia Insider has published new leaks confirmed CIA posed as Russian hackers, subtitled if it wasn't already obvious, and citing, of course, previous claims, U.S. officials, Russian digital fingerprints all over election hacks. I mean, think about it. If this had actually been done by the Russians, there wouldn't have been any fingerprints at all. It's because the CIA was deliberately laying out these 
these indications it could then cite as showing that Russians had did it, have done it, which the Russians would never have done themselves. We have a wonderful new article just out today by Robert Perry, Fresh Doubts About Russian Hacking. It, exclusive, the gauzy allegations of Russian hacking the Democrats to elect Donald Trump just got hazier with WikiLeaks' new revelations about CIA cyber spying and the capability to pin the blame on others, reports Robert Perry. This is a really excellent, thoughtful overview, fresh doubts about Russian hacking. Moreover, we have a former CIA analyst, Larry C. Johnson, who joined the CIA in 1985, was later promoted to become senior regional analyst for Central America before moving on to work for the State Department, explained that, according to his sources, the Obama administration worked with the NSA, the CIA, and Britain's GCHQ, that's General Communications Headquarters, to disseminate information about Donald Trump that was illegally obtained via surveillance before the election. We also know Obama made this a practice while he was president. Uh, we have at least a dozen different examples of Obama wiretapping foreign leaders uh, released by WikiLeaks on February 23rd. Let me go through them. Number one, the U.S. National Security Agency bugged a private climate change strategy meeting between U.N. Secretary General Ban Ki-moon and German Chancellor Angela Merkel in Berlin. Two, Obama bugged Chief of Staff of U.N. High Commissioner for Refugees for long-term interception targeting his Swiss phone. Number three, Obama singled out the director of the Rules Division of the World Trade Organization, John Hunan, and targeted his Swiss phone for long-term interception. Four, Obama stole sensitive Italian diplomatic cables detailing how Israel's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu implored Italy's Prime Minister Silvio Berlusconi to help patch up his relationship with U.S. President Barack Obama, who was refusing to talk to Netanyahu. Five, Obama intercepted top EU and Japanese trade ministries uh, discussing their secret strategy and red lines to stop the U.S. extorting them at the WTO rounds. The talk subsequently collapsed. Six, Obama explicitly targeted five other top EU economic officials for long-term interception, including their French, Australian, and Belgian phone numbers. Seven, Obama explicitly targeted the phones of Italy's ambassador to NATO and other top Italian officials for long-term interceptions. Eight, Obama intercepted details of a critical private meeting between then-French President Nicolas Sarkozy, Merkel, and Berlusconi, where the latter was told the Italian banking system was ready to pop like a cork. Nine, in addition to the above list, we also know now Obama wiretapped various individuals in the U.S. media who are reporting information not flattering to the Obama administration. It's widely known. Barack Obama's Justice Department targeted journalists with wiretaps in 2013. Ten, in 2013, the Washington Post expressed outrage after the revelation that the Justice Department had investigated the news-gathering activities of a Fox News reporter as a potential crime in a probe of classified leaks. The reporter Fox News' James Rosen and his family were part of an investigation into government officials anonymously leaking information to journalists. Rosen was not charged, but his movements and actions were tracked. 11. Also in 2013, members of the Associated Press were also a target of the surveillance. The New Yorker even noted that in moderate and liberal circles, at least the phone record scandal, partly because it involves the dear old AP and partly because it raises anew the specter of Big Brother, may well present the most serious threat to Obama's reputation. 12. Reporter Cheryl Atkinson said in 2014, 
that her personal computer and CBS laptop were hacked after she began filing stories about Benghazi that were unflattering to the Obama administration. A source who checked her laptop said the hacker used spyware proprietary to a government agency, according to an article in the New York Post. Now, all of that is indicative that this was the practice of the Obama administration. Why would anyone think he would hesitate to, to spy on Trump? I mean, Hillary was going bananas, just trying to cover every base or all kinds of exposures about the Clinton Foundation, pay for play, other scandals in which she'd been involved. There were books by Roger Stone. Uh, there's a history, a list of, uh, you know, the, the Clinton dead list that now exceeds a 168 names of persons associated with the Clintons that have wound up dead. So when you have, you know, Trump, Obama wiretapped my phone, Obama accused of plotting a silent coup, uh, there's every reason to think that's going to be true if you know the background. Obama denies Trump's unsubstantiated accusation that he wiretapped phones in Trump Tower. But Mark Levin to Congress investigate Obama's silent coup versus Trump where Levin called Obama's effort police state tactics, suggested Obama's actions rather than conspiracy theories about alleged Russian interference in the presidential election to help Trump should be the target of congressional investigation. Drawing on sources including the New York Times and the Washington Post, Levin described the case against Obama so far based on what is already publicly known. The following is an expanded version of that case, including events that Levin did not mention specifically but are important to the overall timeline. First, June 2016, FISA request. The Obama administration files a request with a foreign intelligence surveillance court, FISA, to monitor communications involving Donald Trump and several advisors. The request uncharacteristically is denied. Second, July, Russia joke. WikiLeaks releases email from the Democrat National Committee that show an effort to prevent Senator Bernie Sanders from winning the presidential nomination. In a press conference, Donald Trump refers to Hillary Clinton's own missing emails, joking, Russia, if you're listening, I hope you're able to find the 30,000 emails that are missing. That remark becomes the basis for accusations by Clinton and the media that Trump invited further hacking. Third, October, Podesta emails. In October, WikiLeaks releases the emails of Clinton campaign chair John Podesta, rolling out batches every day until the election, creating new mini-scandals. The Clinton campaign blames Trump and the Russians, and as I have observed, it was those releases that led to the revelations about Pizzagate. Fourth, October, FISA request. The Obama administration submits a new, narrower request to the FISA court, now focused on a computer server in Trump Tower suspected of links to Russian banks. No evidence is found, but the wiretaps continue, ostensibly for national security reasons. The Obama administration is now monitoring an imposing presidential campaign using the high-tech surveillance powers of the Federal Intelligence Services. Fifth, January 2017, BuzzFeed CNN dossier. BuzzFeed releases and CNN reports a supposed intelligence dossier compiled by a foreign former spy. It purports to show continuous contact between Russia and the Trump campaign and says that the Russians have compromising information about Trump. None of the allegations can be verified and some are proven false. Several media outlets claim that they had been aware of the dossier for months and that it had been circulating in Washington. Sixth, January, Obama expands NSA sharing. As Michael Walsh later notes, and as the New York Times reports, the outgoing Obama administration 
expanded the power of the National Security Agency to share globally intercepted personal communication with the government's 16 other intelligence agencies before applying privacy protection. The new powers and reduced protections would make it easier for intelligence and private citizens to be in circulated, circulated improperly or leaked. 7. January. The New York Times reports on the eve of Inauguration Day that several agencies, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the Central Intelligence Agency, the National Security Agency, and the Treasury Department are monitoring several associates of the Trump campaign suspected of Russian ties. Other news outlets also report the existence of a multi-agency working group to coordinate investigations across the government, though it is unclear how they found out since the investigation would have been secret and involved classified information. 8. February, Mike Flynn scandal. Reports emerge that the FBI intercepted a conversation in 2016 between future National Security Advisor Mike Flynn, then a private citizen, and Russian Ambassador Sergei Kislok. The intercept supposedly was part of a routine spying on the ambassador monitoring of the Trump campaign. The FBI transcripts reportedly show the two discussing Obama's newly imposed sanctions on Russia. Though Flynn earlier denied discussing them, Sally Yates, whom Trump would later fire as acting attorney general for insubordination, is involved in the investigation. In the end, Flynn resigns over having misled Vice President Mike Pence, perhaps inadvertently, about the content of the conversation. As an aside, my understanding is, in fact, there was nothing wrong or improper about his conversation with the Russian ambassador, and the matter about which he did not inform Mike Pence was that uh, Flynn had a list of those involved in the Pizzagate, including one of the best friends of the vice president, and the vice president became incensed that Flynn had not shared that information with him so he could guard himself against further contact with his dear friend. Ninth, February, time involves extensive Russian contacts. The New York Times cites four current and former American officials in reporting that the Trump campaign had repeated contacts with senior Russian intelligence officials. The Trump campaign denies the claims, and the time admits that there is no evidence of coordination between the campaign and the Russians. The White House and some congressional Republicans begin to raise questions about illegal intelligence leaks. Tenth, March, the Washington Post targets Jeff Sessions. The Washington Post reports that Attorney General Jeff Sessions had contact twice with the Russian ambassador during the campaign, once at a Heritage Foundation event and once at a meeting in Sessions' Senate office. The Post suggests that the two meetings contradict Sessions' testimony and his con confirmation hearing that he had no contacts with the Russians, though in context not presented by the Post, it was clear he met in his capacity as a campaign surrogate and that he was responding to claims in the dossier of ongoing contacts. The New York Times, in covering the story, adds that the Obama White House rushed to preserve intelligence related to alleged Russia links with the Trump campaign. By preserve, it really means disseminate. Officials spread evidence throughout other government agencies to live a clear trail of intelligence for government investigators and perhaps the media as well. In summary, the Obama administration sought and eventually obtained authorization to eavesdrop on the Trump campaign, continued monitoring the Trump team even when no evidence of wrongdoing was found, then relaxed the NSA rules to allow evidence to be shared widely within the government virtually ensuring that the information, including conversation of private citizens, would be linked to the media. Levin called the effort a silent coup of the Obama administration and demanded that it be investigated. Uh, we have a, a further development in this regard 
where not only have we had widespread reporting uh, by, for example, the Daily Mail exclusive, Barack Obama's close confidant Valerie Jarrett has moved into his new D.C. home, which is now the nerve center for their plan to mastermind the insurgency against President Trump. From Daily Mail, Barack Obama is turning his new home in the posh Calorama section of the nation's capital, just two miles away from the White House into the nerve center of the mounting insurgency against his successor, President Donald J. Trump. Obama's goal, according to a close family friend, is to oust Trump from the presidency either by forcing his resignation or through his impeachment. And Obama's being aided in his political crusade by his longtime conciliary, Valerie Jarrett, who has moved into the mansion with the former president, Michelle Obama, longtime best friends. We watched as Jarrett gained significant power inside of Obama's White House. For, him to, for her to move into his family home is incredibly strange. According to the family source, Obama was at first reluctant to assume the role of leader of the opposition. No longer the most powerful man in the world, he was just observing Trump and not liking what he saw, said the source. He was wary and burned out after eight years of office. But Valerie convinced him that he didn't have any choice if he wanted to save his legacy. And as usual, he bowed to Valerie's political wisdom and advice. Even Rush Limbaugh has been outlining what's going on here. Uh, on Thursday, I went to have lunch with a friend who's a fan of Rush. And as we drove there, uh, Rush was on the radio. And I was absolutely fascinated by the skill with which he was delineating what was taking, on, taking place. Here's a quote. The Democratic Party has been doing everything in their power to sabotage Donald Trump's presidency and will stop at nothing. Uh, uh, talking head Rush Limbaugh said on his radio show Thursday, they want to do everything they can to either render it meaningless and ineffective or to get him impeached or force him to resign. The talk show host believes the establishment Democrats are trying to make people believe that Hillary should have won the election and that Trump's victory was the result of cheating and fakery and maybe foreign espionage. But there's more to the story than that. They are wearing out the old Russia narrative, and there seems to be no foreseeable end in their madness in sight. But this all goes deeper than just the Dems, and in fact gets down to the nitty-gritty, which is Brock H. Obama's little side project, the shadow project, government as it's been termed. He's running it right out of his home in D.C., and he's using the group Organizing for Action to facilitate it. Disruptions at town hall meetings, anti-Trump protests, you name it, and OFA is doing it. The, troop, the, the group offers major opposition to the Trump administration and has been working from an indivisible anti-Trump training manual. They're outright dastardly. During the broadcast, Limbaugh said, they're going after all the people who are the closest advisors to Trump. They took out Rudy Giuliani right after the election with stories about his supposed ties to foreign government. They took out Michael Flynn. Uh, this is all right spot on. They thought Trump was going to continue to be what they think of as a bumbling fool, you know, fortunately, luckily running into good things, and eventually he was going to start bumping into bad things, and he's going to screw everything up. He didn't know politics. He didn't know the establishment. It was going to be easy to do end runs around him, and that speech came, and in their minds, that's the greatest speech they ever heard, and it scared the hell out of them. Get this in addition, New Rockwell has published a brilliant piece by Joachim Hagopian, Washington and American, America self-implodes at the hands of a treasonous Obama-led shadow government. I'll quote the uh, uh, first two paragraphs. The United States federal government in Washington is under attack today. Our nation's capital is presently under siege, not from military bombs or rockets fired by any foreign enemy, but from powerful enemies from within. 
with Obama, Hillary Soros forces ostensibly maneuvering outside official government channels against America's legitimately elected President Trump and their loyalist foot soldiers, the neocon and intelligence community loyalists within the CIA, NSA, FBI, still operating deep within, inside the deep state, criminally conspiring with mainstream media. The Sinister Alliance is also organizing legions of clueless young leftist protesters to be at the ready for deployment in the streets to wreak havoc, violently rioting as paid agitator insurgents. What we have on our hands is an American spring uprising, an insurgent regime change operation taking place right here in our own country, currently bent on overthrowing America's existing democratically elected government. At no time in our prior history has anything so openly subversive and treacherously uh, treasonous ever been uh, perpetrated on the United States of America before, the closest being the covert conspiracy single-handedly thwarted by American's military hero, General Smedley Butler in 1934, when a band of elitist bankster traders attempted a coup d'etat against the FDR administration. The all-too-familiar divide-and-conquer strategy is once again the globalist go-to modus operandi being implemented through multi-pronged assaults waging an open insurrection against the Trump administration in order to successfully execute a coup committed by traitors out to take down America as their latest banana republic. Uh, it, it's all fairly stunning stuff. And get this, it turns out when you talk about ties to Russian banking, uh, that, that uh, Russian bank docks show how Russia laundered money for Hillary and Podesta. Jerry Corsi published this on 21st of February, 2017, explaining that, in fact, there are no ties of Donald Trump to Russian banks, but there are ties of, of Hillary Clinton and of uh, John Podesta. And get this, too. It turns out that uh, WikiLeaks has revealed John McCain in 2008 illegally solicited campaign contributions from Russia, another brilliant blog from Dr. Ewan that I also republished, she includes the first and the fourth letter of the request, which includes John McCain's signature, and the response from uh, the permanent mission of the Russian Federation to the United Nations statement, 20 October 2008, on fundraising letter from John McCain election campaign. We have received a letter from Senator John McCain requesting financial contribution to his presidential campaign. In this connection, we would like to reiterate that Russian officials the permanent mission of the Russian Federation to the United Nations or the Russian government do not finance political activity in foreign countries. Uh, indeed, it turns out that Obama even bugged Jeff Sessions last year when he was still a senator. Uh, Corey Lewandowski, who was uh, Donald's original campaign manager, told Judge Janine on Saturday that the Obama administration had wiretapped sitting U.S. Senator Jeff Sessions while he was still in the Senate. What we've seen from the previous administration is that they did spend time listening to conversations between then-Senator Jeff Sessions and the ambassador to Russia while he was in his U.S. Senate office. If that were to take place, which supposedly did take place, what other conversation did they listen in on? I'm telling you, the situation is completely outrageous. It's very clear that their fear from the Trump administration emanated, especially from the desire to reach a rapprochement with Russia. And that's why they've made some purported ties to Russia, the, the fabricated Russian dossier and the rest, so much a centerpiece of this. But they're willing to be completely and totally unscrupulous. They're willing to make up anything they want 
I've already given you an enumeration of a host of stories that they have fabricated, and they've even taken in, you know, reasonable journalists who have a certain degree of integrity. I'll just close with a, a letter I wrote to Cynthia Tucker, an uh, invitation to Cynthia Tucker, Pulitzer Prize winner, to appear on The Raw Deal. Cynthia, uh, as it happens, I have several shows, but one on which I would like to feature you is The Raw Deal, Tuesday, Thursday, rentsradio.com. 8 to 9 p.m. ET. I'm especially interested in your assertion, quote, not one scintilla of evidence suggests Clinton's popular vote victory. She garnered nearly 3 million more votes nationwide than Trump was a result of illicit activity, end quote, in your column in the Wisconsin State Journal for March 2017, page A7, Russian interference demands a special prosecutor. I would like to discuss what I take to be overwhelming proof that you are wrong, including Jerry Brown's Motor Voter Law of 2015 linked to New California bill will allow illegal aliens to vote, Obama's appearance on a Latino TV program encouraging illegals to vote, linked to Obama encourages illegal aliens to vote, and Jill Stein's recount, which led to the discovery of massive vote fraud in Michigan, linked to Michigan recount reveals massive voter fraud by Hillary Clinton precincts, which voted 95% for Hillary found to have vast numbers of unaccounted votes. I continued, the latter, having offered courses in logic, critical thinking, and scientific reasoning, it would be my inference that this, easily available if you bother to search for it, qualifies as somewhat more than a scintilla of evidence that Hillary's popular vote was powerfully affected by voter fraud. In dealing with controversial subjects myself, I ask my critics to be very specific about what I have said and why I have said it, and then explain what I have wrong and how I know, I ha- I, how they know. I have done that here with you. I often read your columns, and while I do not always agree with you, I regard you as a person of intelligence and integrity. Given the proof I have adduced that you are in this instance uh, 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 wrong and have published a very misleading statement about a matter where you do not appear to have done your homework, I would like to interview you on my show, The Raw Deal, at your earliest opportunity to give you the chance to explain away the evidence I have linked here. As a Pulitzer Prize winner, I am certain that you value your reputation with the public for whom you publish your columns. An even better solution to maintain your dedication to truth would be to correct the record in the same venue where you falsely affirm the claim about which I am calling you out. It would be refreshing to read a correction of the record in your column lest you become one more in a long line of columnists and reporters who are known for publishing fake news. With appreciation for your consideration, Jim, James H. Fetzer, Ph.D., McKnight Professor Emeritus, University of Minnesota Duluth, link to my academic webpage. That appears to be the current state of play in the United States today. Wow. Well, you know, I've said for years, I mean, for months before the election, you know, we we will see change that we don't expect. We don't know where it's going to come from, but it's going to come. And and now with all this going on, it's as if they're taking their own self down. You know, <laughs> they just keep coming out for us to see how stupid they are. And uh, like George Soros, for instance, $90 million, $90 million he spent on that woman's march. And, um, and he's the next one to go down. I mean, that's gonna not gonna stay hidden either. I mean, he's he's the one funding a lot of this this anti-Trump stuff as well. And I know that's gonna come out. That's a that's a big one to go down. 
Um, I also want to comment, Jim, on um, this whole immigration issue. You know, I, I read that law when Obama did that about those countries, and I realized that, you know, the largest Muslim populations were in the countries that weren't on that list, and I understood yeah. right away what that list was. And, of course, they tried to take that down and everything. But what he did that I read today is that, you know, the the U.S. And, and the people that are objecting to this temporary ban, which is his right to do this, and I 100% agree with it because I know what's going on around the world with the refugees. It's much worse than people know. And uh, But what he did now is he has he has ordained that the embassy officials in these countries be the ones to stop preparing the documents to allow them into our country. So they're not going to be able to stop it anymore because it's on the people the countries that people are coming from it's on them to stop it so i thought that was brilliant way that he pulled that off well Dini, you're making some very interesting points because i think it has reached the point where anyone who's doing any research on any of these subjects realize that the media is publishing fake news all the time 24 7 and this yeah. is why the, the New York Times has taken such a hit on its subscription basis for the first time in my lifetime. They're running ads for the New York Times. They run, ran an ad for the New York Times at the Oscars, for example. I even have uh, on Gary King YouTube channel, I discovered one of my recent shows uh, where Gary you know, will run ads. They had a New York Times ads on one of my shows, which was essentially showing that the New York Times had been publishing fake news. So they're trying to get people to subscribe to the New York Times. These networks are going down big time. Uh, everyone understands that CNN is, uh, might as well be known as the Clinton uh, News Network or, or the CIA. It's just as I so often describe the New York Times as the Langley Newsletter. And of course, the Washington Post was bought by Jeff Bezos as his political plaything. Jeff Bezos has a $600 million contract with the CIA to develop a uh, a, 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 a network, an intel network that can be used by the various agencies to coordinate their efforts and research. But Bezos, you know, was instrumental in getting that dossier brought to the surface uh, by claiming it was found on a, a, a fic fictional, well, really artificially contrived website called Prop or Not. Where the, this is, you know, two spooks working with one another, complementing one another. I've run into it many times in my research on JFK, uh, where you get these disinformation artists citing each other and praising their work when what they're saying is ludicrously false. And here you have the New York Times contradicting itself within the space of a few weeks, Trump offering no evidence as Obama tapped his phone, uh, wiretapped data used in inquiry of Trump aides. I mean, it's becoming so blatant that even the, those who are really not paying very close attention have to realize that the mask is being stripped off of the fake media. And, and, and I got to say, Didi, there's something, there's some kind of political genius in this man, Donald Trump. I mean, think oh, yeah. about it. The idea that he could affect a hostile takeover of the GOP in the first place was stunning enough. And then he could win a three-front war against the, the, the corrupt Democratic machine and, and their uh, hopeless candidate, who's backed, however, by very powerful forces, uh, uh, also opposed by the Republican establishment, including the, the Bush machine, absolutely, and then the, the major media, which was attacking him everywhere, and nevertheless prevailed. 
I mean, there's something going on here that, that is going to leave historians scratching their heads, how this guy was able to pull this off. And I tell you, he's been underestimated again and again and again. He's in the midst of the fight of his life right here because he, he, this is an all-out. They, they settled on the Russian meme long time ago when he began indicating that if he were to become president, he'd want better relations with Russia. Uh, the Zionists, uh, the CIA... Uh, the Israelis are all fearful of uh, collaboration between the Russia and, and uh, uh, America uh, because th- 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 that'll mean the defeat of ISIS in Syria, which is already taking place. In fact, very early on, the Russian foreign minister said that the U.S. and, and Russia were already coordinating in attacks on ISIS, but that was inadvisable to let it be known publicly. I'm confident it's going on to this day because oh, that's yeah. a... Because the whole plan to take out Assad is a CIA Mossad Israeli plan. I mean, mm-hmm. this is part of the big picture that Wesley Clark shared with us when he gave his speech in 2007 at the Commonwealth Club to take out the governments of seven countries in the next five years, beginning with Iraq and Libya and ending with Syria and Iran. So that if if that plan is defeated, if ISIS is defeated, uh, the CIA loses. Uh, the Zionists lose, Israel lose, uh, Russia win, Iran wins, America wins. It, it's getting out from under all this corruption, which has been compromised, well, where politicians have been compromised by being lured to these uh, bizarre sexual activities on Orgy Island, uh, which appears to involve many of our politicians. In fact, those who are playing the most prominent role here, including Nancy Pelosi, uh, whom I began to suspect when her daughter turned out to be the elector from California that was leading the defection campaign. I looked into the matter and found she had her own pizzeria, Goat Hill Pizza, featuring a satanic uh, goat head uh, with the horns. Uh, a, a fan following my work went there, took photographs, and guess what? Inside this pizzeria, unlike any other, its, it's walls are plastered with drawings and letters from little children. Uh, uh, Chuck Shermer, they appear to have photos of Chuck Shermer uh, in very uh, compromising situations where this island was just loaded with video cameras being run by the Mossad so that they could blackmail these politicians. And I'm telling you that some of the biggest figures in Washington, and I'm convinced it includes not only Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Shermer, but Al Franken as well, not to mention Hillary and Bill and a host of others. I mean, John Podesta oh, yeah. appears to be the, the, the head of this old satanic culture. I mean, it's disgusting. I, I have done so much research on this, and it's sickening. It's absolutely it sickening. Yeah, and now there, it's coming out that a lot of the media, the well-known media faces are a part of that whole pedophilia ring, and they're going to disappear right off the TV screens. If they're smart, they'll leave without getting, you know, because they're going to get called down too, and that's really going to cause a flap because people that don't know the names of these politicians even, you know, like Harry Reid, he's a, he's a big-time pedo. <laughs> you know, they, they know these names, but... You know, they don't really think it through, but, you know, they, these media figures they're so familiar with, when that starts coming out, that's going to rock it. Yeah, because yeah, it's like, those, yeah, those go ahead. Excellent, excellent observations, Didi. Let me just throw in, we're mentioning Jeff Bezos. Uh, it turns out that, 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 that Amazon.com has been uh, uh, publishing a book called The Pedophile's Guide to Love and Pleasure, A Child Lover's Code of Conduct. 
where oh. the author was recently arrested. His name is Philip Ray Graves II after he sold an email to sign copy of his book to an uncover, undercover police officer. Well, with us, Jeff Bezos, who would run a, you know, publish a pedophilia book, had, had my book on Sandy Hook. Nobody died at Sandy Hook. Banned, even though there were 20 books on Sandy Hook. Only one of them took exception. And now, believe it or not, he's banned my second book uh, from Moonrock Books, namely, and I suppose we didn't go to the moon either, because there, it contains four uh, chapters uh, talking about the, the Holocaust and explaining why the evidence uh, is inconsistent with the official historical narrative. They're apparently doing some kind of clean sweep of any Holocaust-related literature that's in the revisionist mode. Only, only books that give the official account. And I say, well, if it's today, it's Holocaust books, and tomorrow it's going to be books about 9-11, and the next day books about JFK. I mean, where does it end? This is the modern form of book burning because Amazon is so powerful. Yeah. Well, when I started, I, I watch OPB, which is Oregon Public Broadcasting, because it has the best, you know, no commercials, the best programming. And uh, um, now they've got a commercial on there, and I've never seen commercials on OPB before. Well, it's a Comcast commercial. <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, my God, that's the worst, you know, because they bought Universal Studios, and, of course, all the media is owned by six corporations. And, uh We've been having James Jager on, whose new movie now is going to be, it's called Mainstream, exposing the whole Hollywood and the media and what they're up to. And I hope that, that movie goes far good. and wide. Good, 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 good. Yeah. It's indispensable. Yeah. But I think the public is catching on and that this fake news meme, they're trying to get away from the fake news meme because it backfired on them. It's uh, so easy to understand what's going on when you talk about fake news. Would you believe they've introduced some diversion some alternative that, that is represented by the initials VD because they want to suggest it's analogous to a sexually transmitted disease. But this is grasping after straws. VD is never going to replace fake news, which is so clean and obvious and applies so clearly. Yeah, I'm really shocked in my own life. I mean, I've been letting go of some friends that can't do anything but criticize me. And I thought, I'm done with that. I'm not on anybody's cross, you know. But what's really stunning me is how status quo some of who I felt like were my most informed friends are so status quo. They're really angry. They think that he's a, uh, Trump's a misogynist, and they're coming out with all this things. Well, I, I, I like to hang out with you, but I don't like it when you mention this or that. And I'm just going, wow, what a bunch of whiners, you know. So it's not only open the, opening the eyes of the nation for my own self. I, I'm just kind of shocked that these people I thought would be the ones that would be the most concerned with our the rule of law and the constitutional rights and 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 the borders and all that they're completely they're completely opposite of who I thought they were. It's kind of they, stunning. They, they can't handle the truth. Get oh, this turns out. This Yoakam Hagopian, who turns out to be a brilliant guy, he's published wonderful articles about Pizzagate and so forth as being just, a, you know, the, the, the American franchise of Pedogate worldwide. He's got a wonderful piece here about Obama set up a DOJ slush fund to funnel billions to anti-Trump groups, writing for LewWalkwell.com, the uh, 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 March 6, 2007, Hegopian voices an assertion shared by many that Barack Obama has set up a shadow government to subvert and overturn the legitimately elected presidency of Donald J. Trump. 
uh, uh, referring to FBI Director James Comey's reported rejection of President Trump's claim of having been illegally wiretapped by the Obama administration at Gopian Rights. The United States federal government in Washington is under attack today. Our nation's capital is presently under siege, not from military bombs or rockets fired by any foreign enemy, but from private uh, enemies within. I think, in fact, I read this before. But it's a wonderful essay, and it, it, it seems to have created some massive fund that he's uh, doling out to these anti-Trump groups so that American taxpayers' dollars are being used surreptitiously to subvert the government of the United States. I mean, it's truly disgusting. That is really a good point. <laughs> yeah. But, but Didi, you know, my wife and I have had the worst arguments of our marriage. We've been married over 40 years. And oh, wow. until this year, we really were on the same page politically. But she just, uh, she drank the Kool-Aid. She's all for Hillary. She thinks that Trump is terrible. Oh. She worships oh, no. Obama. Yeah, even when I showed her the conflict in the New York Times uh, headline, she wouldn't even look at it. You know, when oh, I told God. her that, oh, that, that, that Brock's uh, uh, older half-brother had published his, his birth certificate, she said, I don't believe it. I mean, she just doesn't <laughs> believe it. I told her this years ago because I did this show years ago. I mean, I'd been on this for quite a while. Oh, well, we did Jerome Corsi Co- covered that right from the beginning, not to mention Arlie Tate and Philip Berg. All these people have right. to have that. That's right. That's right. That's very good, D.D. So, you know, I've got a kind of a more uh, up-close and personal variation on what you're going through. Oh, that's so interesting, Jim. really is. It's, it's not easy, you know. I, I've always been controversial and just a little bit ahead of the racetrack of evolution on, on a lot of these ideas and things over the years, and I'm used to that. But I'm really kind of stunned by the responses I'm getting now. I really didn't expect it. But it's a good thing, and I'm, I think the most important thing is the truth does come out. And um, this whole other thing that will come out besides, you know, and Barack Obama, I was on a radio call years ago with him with some broadcasters and I think it was out of Chicago but they were talking to the the ambassador to the US from Kenya and they were being really slick and they asked all these questions about foreign exchange students and what do you produce and what do you export and you know what's your this and that and the other and then he he says well you must be awfully proud to have our president be born in Kenya. And he goes, oh, yeah, we have a National Obama Day, and we got his statue. And if you I like, love it. I love it. Yeah, it's awesome. It. I was like, oh, this guy. And now if you fly into Kenya, there's a big sign that's written in about three languages. And one of the things it says, besides welcome to our country, is home of Barack Obama. Yes, <laughs> so yes, It's like yes. a, it's yes. a ridiculous argument. And the fact that she... Michelle Obama isn't who people think she is either, and that's no, I, coming no, out. I mean, yeah, Joan about Rivers. her being a her being a trans, I, you know, and that whole thing. I know Joan Rivers yeah. was so clear about it, and I, I uh, you know, I've done a lot of research on that. I mean, Michelle Obama you. is a package that most women do not have. And yet, uh, well, so uh, many uh, things. <laughs> Brock had a history of homosexuality. He and he and Rahm Emanuel belonged to this very famous gay men's club in Chicago. Uh, mm-hmm. And obviously the children aren't there since two men no. cannot reproduce. They turn out to be the children of uh, Michelle's physician and her right. husband. And, and yes. you can find online uh, a YouTube that says, I found them, I found the parents. And when you look at the two girls in relation to their parents, one looks just like her mother and the other just like her father. And, I know, and, Jim, and, and 
people try to say, well, they look just like the Obamas. How could that be true? Well, if you see them with their real parents, they look a lot more like them. (laughs) I know. And that Michelle, you know, she used to play football. I mean, she's quite a hefty person. And if you go just go online and do a search, is Michelle Obama a man? And there's just a mountain of proof there, including, yeah. you know, she was dancing on Ellen DeGeneres and, you know, oh, yeah, had, I saw that. had a lot of equipment that was, uh, you know, moving yeah. with the music. You know, it's, it's really, amazing. it is, it's it really amazing. is. It really shows you how vulnerable and how naive the American public has been. I mean, I was, I've always known that. I got into all this stuff really early on and was still in the 60s, a young girl, you know. But, you know, I never doubted what I was seeing because I knew that things weren't right here. But I can't believe how people are so gullible. I mean, it's really kind of shocking to me. <laughs> and it is. I, and that's, Gullibility yeah. is it. But for the most part, I attribute it to the fact that so many Americans – are having to work day and night, just keep food on the table and a roof over their heads, that they get their news and sound bites, that if they hear it from the different networks, they think it's true, as though that were three independent sources confirming the the same story, when in fact they're operating from a script when it comes to any of these controversial issues. William Colby told us so long ago that the CIA owns everyone of significance in the major media, where Carl oh, yeah. Bernstein preceded him by publishing an article in Rolling Stone in 1977 entitled The CIA and the Media, citing high officials of the agency boasting that their greatest successes had been with Time Life, with the New York Times, and with uh, CBS. And in that era, if you controlled Time Life, New York Times, and CBS, you had a lock on the American news, and it's only become worse today. Uh, there are CIA representatives in every news newspaper across the country except for the very smallest newspapers and every television network i mean they they have major control over what goes out i gotta say in the past i was always very skeptical of fox but you know in this campaign and so forth the 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 single most balanced even-handed anchor discussing this was sean hannity i mean oh yeah i wouldn't have believed it I, yeah, I no. wouldn't have believed it if I hadn't lived through it. I know, and, me too. You know, and now Tucker Carlson is doing a brilliant job. Uh, uh, for a while, I was taken in by Megan Kelly, but when she interviewed James Alapontis and just threw him softball questions about an issue as serious as Pizzagate involving little children disappearing only to be sexually abused, murdered, and even eaten. I mean, this is disgusting uh, stuff, and, and Megan yeah. Kelly wasn't equal to the task. I... I couldn't. I don't have the time of day for her any longer. Well, no, and this issue with the with the slavery, you know, we've got more slavery now than we've ever had in history, and and uh, unfortunately, it involves children. And I think this is our most important issue. I mean, you know, people can get all freaked out about our new president and you know whatever else, you know, and we know what we're seeing and we know what's going on, but that whole thing with the sex slave market and how many children disappear every year. That seems like it should be the core issue for yeah, America. It's on the order. It's on the order of five hundred thousand. Five hundred thousand a year. You're right. They disappear, and there's places that people have no idea where they go. And I won't go into that right now. But I know um, it's, such a, it's such a disgusting subject. But yeah, it's vital. And, 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 you're absolutely right. It's so much. It it's so is. important. Listen, is. way back when, way back when, you know, the the the, the campaign was just starting to shape up. There was an, an, an historian 
who made an observation I've never forgotten. He said that if Donald Trump were to be inaugurated as president, that the consequences would be as revolutionary as when FDR introduced the New Deal. And, you know, then I was just astonished that he made such a sweeping remark today. I think he was spot on. Yeah. 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 People just don't understand how important it is. You know, see, well, he's not even a politician. I'm going, well, amen to that, you know. <laughs> That's right. We've got nothing but corruption. All the politicians are totally compromised. Oh, it's just sad, well, you know, really. I love what some of the things he's doing, you know. I mean, he's, he's saying, well, if you've been in, in government here, you can't be a lobbyist, you know, and you That's can't right. collect all this money for the rest That's of your right. life. And, and the bill right. he sent to the Obamas, that what, 80, 80, was it $80 million or $80 billion in vacations that he's expecting them to pay back? <laughs> I love <laughs> These are it. just like brilliant it. moves, I love it. you know. Well, well, I thought maybe, Jim, we should open it up for some comments or questions if you're sure. up for that. I wonder if Rebecca, Cam- is Rebecca I think Campbell you, I think your line? comments, your comments huh? have been simply exquisite, Dee Dee. I love it. You, 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 you're my Thank kind you. of gal. I'll just tell you. Awesome, great. I love that. Yeah, I don't. I don't get a chance to, um, you know, to usually dialogue with you when you're on. But um, uh, you're you're quite brilliant and astute and perceptive. I'm very impressed. Oh, thank you. It's nice to hear that. I get so much criticism. That's really a, a, not from this. And group, I'll tell but, you this price we the price we have to pay with friends and so forth. Uh, it, 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 it's anguishing, uh, but how can you compromise on truth? Yeah. You know, and ultimately, it has to do with justice because it, 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 justice without truth is is misguided. And and if we don't have justice, we'll never acquire peace. We have to establish no. the truth to know what we're doing and what actions are appropriate in this world to accomplish our goals. That's right. And people say to me, well, why does this matter? And I say, well, I just happen to care. <laughs> you know, I care that there's so much suffering in the world. I know what causes it. You know, it's, it's, well, it's got everything to do with the kind of nation we're supposed to be. And in fact, our hypocrisy has been overwhelmingly demonstrated. I mean, look at the absurdity of this man being given the Nobel Peace Prize before he's even been inaugurated into office. That was ridiculous. This Obama uh, has conducted more military operations in more countries than any other president in history. Yeah, he dropped 70, what is it, 76,000 bombs? Yeah, 76,000 bombs he dropped, you know, just... And he let, say, oh, he let, he's not, go ahead. He's had military actions in 14 different African countries alone. Oh, God, that's crazy. I just don't get it. But I'm very encouraged, you know, Jim, very encouraged. And um, and I'm looking forward to your your new book, the fourth book on, on the Kennedy. This is the fourth book yeah. just on yeah. the Kennedy session? Yeah, because yeah, I have yeah, your yeah. Book, some of your other books here, uh, in fact, uh I've got that one. So we didn't actually go to the moon. That's the latest one I got. And I suppose we did. That's that's just been that's the one that's just been banned. Oh yes, I noticed that. I, I saw that happening. That's really unbelievable. Really great. It really I is. Mean, do we really believe in book banning? Do we really believe in silencing the opposition? I can't believe even in Middlebury College they wouldn't allow a speaker a sympathetic to the views of Trump to even speak. You know, when I went to, I was invited to Northfield, Minnesota, famous for a Jesse James bank robbery there. 
uh, by the, the, the owner of an inn there called the Contented Cow, wanted to have a series of speakers on controversial subjects. He invited me to speak on actually three or four times. I mean, it was an unusual series, but he, he'd followed my work, and he knew I'd be good to talk Sandy Hook, the Boston bombing, JFK 9-11. But there, there was an outrage led by professors at St. Olaf's and Carleton College to oppose me. And it was just ridiculous. It became insane. It was so bad that, in fact, his staff were worried about their own security. They had to cancel the series. I, I have a friend who has a nonprofit, Kevin Barrett, who founded this uh, the, 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 the Jewish Muslim Christian you know, 9-11 alliance. And, and because he was a nonprofit, he was able to reach to the library. Because it's a public library, they couldn't refuse the nonprofits request to use their conference room. So I actually went there and gave a presentation about Sandy Hook and the Boston bombing, not the four-part series I was going to do, but it was just astounding what, what, how much effort it was just to come and make a presentation in a community that ought to have been dedicated to freedom of speech, freedom of inquiry. They should have sent all their students to hear me and figure out whether I had it right or wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you would think. <laughs> Dee that's amazing. Is yeah. this Rebecca? This is Rebecca. Hi. Uh, James, this is Rebecca Campbell from Seattle, and I, she was so uh, frustrated last time you were on, she didn't really get to speak to you, so I told her she could have a Q&A, the first Q&A Absolutely. with you. Absolutely. Rebecca, welcome. Thank you. Hello. I also missed having dinner with you last year. I was stuck oh, on the highway shame. for five that was hours. A- that was a wonderful visit to Seattle. I know, and I got totally shut down by somebody killing somebody and then shooting uh, in a shooting uh, near really? Olympia where I'm living, and then I couldn't get through, and I was late, so I just gave up and went to a movie. Oh, that's too <laughs> bad. Friend, that's too bad. You know, you know that, presentation sorry, heard... was, that presentation, Rebecca, was turned into a YouTube of false flags from uh, – from 9-11 to Sandy Hook and beyond. And the guy who edited it did a wonderful job and added some footage there that I didn't even show myself, but it was fit where I had a slide. He'd actually have a clip, for example, of uh, a CNN uh, newsman covering the Pentagon. I mean, it was wonderful, wonderful. It's up there, very popular. My late partner, who I believe you met at least briefly, John Rogers, and I came several years ago to town hall four or five years ago uh, when, when you were doing uh, an overall talk on 9-11 in the basement of Town Hall. And we thought that that was the single best presentation overall on 9-11 that we had heard because you have that kind of sweep, you know, of multi, multidisciplinary, which I tend to have too, and John did. So we really appreciated and the patient that you spoke with. It wasn't cerebral like some of the other lead, you know, speakers on this, whom I'm, I, you know who I'm referring to. Sure. Um, so anyway, we and, and there was real heart and patience. So so and I'm sorry I didn't get to speak with you in, in Portland, but that there was a big mess up with that too. So there's it, been kind of star-crossed things. What I did want to say um, in regards to I, I myself, I pretty much lost my sister to all this insane controversy. I've lost like oh, a lot you mean of relations? Your relationship with her? Relationships? Yeah. I mean, it's just it. it, it I I think there's psychotronic mind control going on. It's so extreme. Um, I have a friend. I have a friend I mean, who's. I have a friend who's an expert in that area, and he says exactly what you're saying that there's a tremendous amount yeah. of it taking place. Tremendous. And I've been studying that because we 
because we've been dealing with the smart meters and that sort of thing. And yeah, um, uh, Peevnik on Alex Jones, uh, Infowars, I, I quoted an extremely important quote where he, he and it was it's, it's the very first thing he says, and he he want he said what we want what, our main go- uh, one of our main goals in having this release of the Vault Seven is to warn the people concerning the smart grid and all these smart devices that, uh, that are going to be the enslavement of humanity. That's what he's basically saying, and that's a profound statement. Um, now, so I, I thought I'd share briefly, um, because of, of this insanity, to get people to wake up, and it's absolutely imperative that they do, given what's going to be happening. And there's, there's going to be huge amounts of disclosure, and I know Dee and some of the other people here know what I'm talking about, Coming, coming out very soon, and it's going to be much, extremely broad in what it's going to reveal. So um, getting people to wake up to the conspiracy aspects, particularly the liberal progressive end of the, of the left spectrum, is going to be really important. So um, what I did with this Vault 7 revelation was I framed it, and I put it all over my networks, I, which I've developed. I've got you know probably about ten to 20,000 people minimum who... who if it's not being blocked, which is a big if, uh, I can reach. So I framed this as a false the the the, uh, what it, the false footprint that that they found out the CIA can mimic. They can they can give yeah. a, a false IP footprint, and I framed yeah. it as um, a false flag to take out Trump yeah. using the Russian yeah. hacking. And yeah. when I did this, and I put it on all these liberal groups, like I did it for everybody, you know, for We Are Change and the 9-11 groups, because they totally get it, and they'll get it to other people. But I, I targeted all the, the main Occupy groups throughout the country that tend to be liberal progressive, um, the yeah. progressive groups, the Bernie Sanders groups, and you should have seen what happened. It has gone viral, and I am getting uh, probably at this point over 100 and maybe 150 responses just since I did that last night. So this is really striking the chord, and if you frame it in such a way that, that, that you can link it to something, you can, get it, you can start working in a transpartisan manner to wake people up. And I also Brilliant. want to mention that I am the steward of the Seattle Transpartisan Alliance, and I actually work with the national leader, but he disappeared. I think he was threatened, and, and actually we had government agents invading our, our meetings from, from 2010, 2009 to 2013, when you know it, it, when it was active, but it wasn't as appreciated as it as it would be now. So we're actually taking out a mothballs, and we're having the very first meeting of this. And we've actually in these meetings we're, that we have a good we have facilitators who know what they're doing. And they, and some of these issues like what we're talking about, and another big one is climate change, which is so totally confused and screwed up to get yeah. people to understand that. I actually facilitated a meeting of about 60 people, and and I had deliberately invited some of the you know more rabid groups in, you know, 360.org, Greenpeace, you know, et cetera. And then we had the libertarians and, you know, people who understood Agenda 21, conservatarians, et cetera. And we actually had a productive discussion where people actually started to open their minds and speak. And because, and I know for a fact the fact we had operatives coming into these meetings, even though you would think that just having a civil discussion, you know, of, of people starting to open their minds and finding the 85% that they do agree on, they found that so threatening that they were actually sending those operatives in. And to me, that's a clue of what their vulnerabilities are the more they're trying to suppress that particular thing. And so we're reviving it. And I really think the transpartisan movement, and there's also a branch of this in Portland, 
we're going to try it out here, and then if I can get my website up or, or get some cooperation from people who've got the websites and, and get, get this out in the media, we need to start doing this right away. And I started doing it like um, around 2000. It was less formal in Asheville, North Carolina when I was there, and I saw great success there. So to me, this is one of the most um, powerful things we could be doing, and it, yet it, it's, got, um, it's got a peacemaking aspect to it. it. It doesn't have to be this, I guess some of these people are going to try to turn into that, but it doesn't have to be this constant clashing of, and yelling and screaming and, and all these things, you know, these symptoms that we're discussing. I think that there, is, there may be a way to do this, and I'm just sharing this because I know it's causing a lot of pain. It's causing me a lot of pain and to the point where I now, I think I can get rid of it pretty soon if I focus on it. I've got a chronic health condition. I've never had seriously any health conditions in my life. But the stress that I've been under, cumulatively well, many things, but certainly it hasn't been helped by constant, well, the, you know, attacks on me and this sort of thing. And and you know, because I and you know what that feels like. I know DD does. Trump definitely feels it, and I actually feel, you know, <laughs> given what he's dealing with, I mean, we're probably in the shade with this. But we've probably been doing it a lot longer than he has, you know, since he stepped I, into this. So anyway. I, I, I admire the intelligence with which you are approaching this. I'm very impressed. I want you to send me links to what you have out there that I can put up on Facebook pages and mention during interviews and programs, because I think you're exactly right. It, it depends how you frame it. And if you frame it as a false flag cyber attack, you got it exactly right. So I think you've done something quite astute here, and, and I like it a lot. And and I know you would get it because like Didi and some of the people on this particular show, and I, and I know you've been on the show a lot like I have because I really enjoy this milieu where it's less formal and we can actually yes. have a discussion and others can join in and they're welcome to do that, yes. whereas the others are kind of hierarchical and formal and so forth. But it seems to attract people who are more, um, they seem to have more transpartisan brains that cross, that, that, you know, cross the, the disciplines. They're not like compartmentalized yes. and, and and siloed like like so many other you know shows and people that with whom I deal. So I thought telling you about this, you would get it because you yeah. you see so many aspects of things. So I, I want it. to share that with you, and uh, yeah. and I think that we need to start doing this, and and we need to I think yes, we yes. need to particularly instead of uh, preaching to the choir, we need to start going out to those who might seem to well, be the enemy who really aren't, but they're they're they, they're being played. Well, when you began to say how you were reaching out to these change groups and so forth, I thought you were going to say they were just shutting you off. I'm very impressed that they were being responsive. Uh, I think that's tremendous. Uh, that My hat is off to you. That's quite an accomplishment all by itself. So I'll keep you surprised on this, but I think it has great potential. And I'm going to start writing some things. I, I, this website, I think, has been blocked. I think they're using mind control, you know, to 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 uh, trigger people's emotions and this kind of thing. Because that's what yeah. I've been running into, like irrational behavior, where people get depressed and then they suddenly can't help me. They're the people they're supposed to be working with me in this kind of thing, and and they're attacking. Uh-huh. They're attacking from all angles. I mean, this is this. We're in World War III, and I don't think most people are are aware of it, the extent of this. And and there's even more, and Dee Dee knows what I'm talking about, um, that's going to be coming out. And there, there's really under, an underground war. There's a war around Earth at this point, underneath the Earth, and it, it, in hidden places on the planet at this point. And when this comes out, I, it's, it's going to be game-changing game for the consciousness and the history uh, of humanity, and ultimately for the better. But 
um, at the moment, it, it looks horrifyingly bad because it's kind of like the darkness before the dawn or the healing crisis. Um, but I myself, am, obviously, what I just told you about my own health, um, I'm fed up with, with you know, constantly being under attack because I'm speaking truth. And, and I'm noticing also that you can, like you said, Jim, you, and I think Dee Dee mentioned it too, you can, you can put the, the uh, truth in, in a really neutral form and, you, and you're careful to put links and evidence and this sort of thing. And they won't even read it. They like like you mentioned with your wife, Jim. I mean, yeah. they just start attacking. It's just yeah. it's just like robots who are attacking you. So we've got to come up with strategies and interventions that that uh, you know can do this. And I think a spiritual component of oh of meditation and this sort of thing because I've noticed some 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 major things happen right after I've been uh, participating in global meditations. So that's a reality too. I think I think we have to have a multidisciplinary and multi-dimensional even uh, way of, of dealing with this huge set of events that are happening on this planet right now. And if we if we approach it from that spirit and in a spirit of, of cooperation, whether or not we're met with it, and that's that's sometimes a tall order, I think we can begin to turn this around and really help the, the those who are uh, on the front lines right now, like, like Trump, like the military who are working with him and this sort of thing, because it's going to take both ends for, for this to, to really transform. Yes, yes, yes. I think you have an excellent grasp of the problem, the situation we're in, and are, are being very imaginative about how to deal with it. I'm thinking, yeah, I'm trying to think creatively because we're, beaten paths are for beaten people. I mean, we're not going to get anywhere, obviously, uh, pursuing the paradigm that's, that's about ready to go off the planet at this point. It's not going to work. That's a good. Uh, that's a good comment, Rebecca. Say that again, Rebecca. You said uh, beaten paths are for beaten people. Yes, that's a. I've been, a supposedly, I first heard that Charles Kettering, the founder of General Motors, the, the gifted engineer, had said that. But then it was ascribed to some person closer to the 20th century. I, somebody named Eric Johnson, who I, I think he's like a motivational writer or something. But I thought it was, it's a very good epithet. I mean, it's a really good you know, um, proverb or apathem because it really, that's where we're at right now. We've got to, we've got to transform. It's got, we've got to, we look like caterpillar, cater, vicious caterpillars fighting each other on the ground at this point. We've got to get in the crystals and start transforming into butterflies. Yeah, well, even, even, the deep state, even the deep state is fighting each other, which I think is interesting. I have to tell you guys a funny little story. There's a town outside of Portland here on the river it's called Lake Oswego. They built a, a man-made lake there, and it's a lot of wealthy people. We call it Lake No Negro because it's so white. But there was this woman. They had a, a big rally just recently about a week ago, and there was about a 1,000 anti-Trump protesters there, and there was a bunch oh, of other Trumpers there. And um, – this woman, she she was yelling slurs and stuff, and she and pretty soon she couldn't get through because there were so many people there. She just started screaming, and she was an anti-Trumper. She started screaming at the top of her lungs. I mean, this was just banshee screaming as loud, and she was just like screaming, screaming, screaming. And the crowd, even the people that were were supporting her, they didn't know what to do with her because she was absolutely <laughs> insane. Insane. And so they started yelling, USA, 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 
USA. And, and it just overwhelmed her, and she kept screaming. So they all started screaming. Everybody started screaming. And they were right next to her, and they were just, like, laughing their little fannies off, screaming as loud as they could at this woman because she was so out of hand. And I said, boy, is that a metaphor for today's reality and consciousness, you know? <laughs> Honestly, I thought it was hilarious. I'd never seen anything like that. She's just screaming, you know, like she's a mad woman. I don't know what else to do. But All I can do is scream. <laughs> that's crazy. But that's what's going on. I mean, you're seeing the most bizarre behavior from people. I don't know about you, but in my lifetime, I've never seen anything like this. And it's also anti-democratic and un-American. I mean, you know. Yeah, just because we lose an election, yeah. it's supposed to be a, a cause for hysteria. Or, I mean, the, 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 what's going on here is uh, unprecedented in American history, and it's it's bizarre beyond extreme. And it's because Trump represents such a massive change in the orientation yeah. of the Thank country you. and its direction, and so many powerful interests are threatened that they're provoking all of this nonsense. It's just insane, but you know, it's going to keep exposing itself. The truth will come out. We're we're on a path of victory on so many levels. We just have to keep that there's, going. There's, there's a really good story for some other comic relief because I think we could use it at this point that I heard. Um, you know, an anecdote, a humorous anecdote. Um, Trump invites the the Pope comes over for a visit to America, and so so. Uh, Trump invites him on his yacht in Florida. So while they're out on the yacht and the Pope, you know, when, when he's not wearing his fish hat, the mitre, he, you know, they, he often wears that kind of, you know, rounded top with the broad brim. Anyway, so while they're sitting on the, the yacht having, a, having lunch, the Pope's hat blows into the water. And everybody, oh, oh, my God, this, this is, you know, a breach of etiquette. You know, what are we going to do? All of a sudden said Trump, Trump – you know, says, I'll handle it. So he, he stands up from the, the table, starts to get out of the boat. Sir, what are you doing? The Secret Service is very upset. Let me alone. I'll handle it. So he, he gets out of the boat, walks on the water over to get the Pope's hat, and then brings the hat back, comes back in, you know, across the water, steps back into the boat, and hands the Pope his hat, and acts like, you know, it's just in a day's work. It's nothing, nothing special. And everybody else is, you know, everybody, including the Pope, that, you know, has their, their jaw hanging to their chest. And uh, there were reporters on there, and they're busy scribbling notes. And they're, they're you know, totally, you know, in, in awe as well. And then uh, the next day, all the news comes out with front page headlines. Trump can't swim. <laughs> that's right that's exactly right that's exactly right here, here, here's a parallel there's a story today that the massive uh, surveillance program by the NSA is going to end on Sunday and I, I remarked on a show I said now the way the mainstream media will, will, will spin this is Trump shuts down program to cover up surveillance activities <laughs> That's a good one for sure. That's so funny. I think humor and the arts are another way to handle this. You know what we're talking about. We need to we need to start using some humor and more of the arts. And I think like a lot of the truth movements are kind of humorless, and and they've they've really neglected this. But I I really think there's ways to approach this that we you know it all doesn't have to be 
agony, even though, you know, it seems like it right now. We can, we can, we can approach this with some imagination. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I think one of our regulars, Rebecca, wants to ask, uh, Dr. Sam Cross wants to ask uh, uh, James some questions. So sure, yeah. um, I'm, I'm going to let what him. I need to say. Thank you. Yeah, and I'll see you on Sunday oh, afternoon. Wonderful comments. Yeah, you, you, you both made wonderful my comments. My pleasure, Jim. Yes. I'm, I'm glad I finally got to talk to you. Oh, I'm while. delighted, and thank you for those kind words about my visit to Seattle. I really enjoyed it. But when you Sorry, heard I me, the time you were time. able to hear me, that was uh, that was terrific. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Please, Sam, I, go I ahead. Got, I got several questions for Jim. Uh, sure. Some, so someone else might want to get in before I, I ask all the questions. Well, you know, I'm, I'm a little more pessimistic, Jim. I think the country's done, you know. Uh, yeah. And yeah, I do, because the people aren't smart enough, you know. But anyway, I'll, I hear some questions I'd like to ask you. You may get your comments on them. Uh, the first one is, you know, we keep hearing about the deep state is against Trump. Uh, who comprises the deep state? What is your take on that? Who are the people behind the deep state? Well, in this case, it's a whole lot of elements of the military-industrial complex who want uh, tensions with Russia to keep the you know levels yeah. of defense spending high. In, in this case now, it's a whole lot of uh, Obama appointees to the bureaucracies who have to be ferreted out and replaced in so far as it's possible to do so, uh, because these are individuals who, in addition, want to promote the corporations ruling the world. This is why the Donald's uh, vetoing of the TPP was so very significant, because that's one in a multi-faceted effort to to put corporations in, in, in charge of the world that is uh, manifest in several different ways by the European Union, where you abandon, uh, uh, you know, distinct currencies distinctive to each nation state and replace it with a block of nations as a new European Union, uh, just as the North American Union was supposed to be a counterpart and where it, uh, together with uh, TPP, were going to be major building blocks in establishing a world where uh, governed by corporations without uh, regard to the interests or the, the, the values of the citizens, where, where nation states are made, uh, made obsolete. I mean, we have an experiment going on in India that has to be incredibly harsh, of a classless society. That's what they'd like to have for all of us, a cashless society where every translation, every transaction has to be done electronically. So they know everything we ever buy or trade. I mean, it would actually lead to a tremendous barter system on the side. But just imagine if you had to use a credit card for every single transaction. And, and what do we do about the members of society who don't have bank accounts, don't have credit cards and all that? Well, this is a, a monster uh, enterprise that involves not just the TPP, but something called the TISA and the TTIP that remain uh, serious threats that have been much in uh, discussion for quite a few years that are going to achieve the same effect if we're not on our guard. Uh, th those are, by and large, you know, the, these powerful entities, uh, the, 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 the Bush uh, uh, the Bush cabal and the Clinton cabal are certainly part of the deep state. Uh, 
you have some, you know, long-time influences that appear to be close to the top of the hierarchy, people like Henry Kissinger, for example, who have been so influential for so long, where he may have been responsible for more deaths of more persons than anyone in history, with the possible exception of Joseph Stalin, from the collectivization of the Soviet farming industry and so forth. Uh, those are some of the elements I take to be part. The Council on Foreign Relations clearly seems to play a fairly significant role. There are these deep, te- deep ties to this pedophile network of which the country has heretofore been largely unaware. Uh, but if, we can, if, if the Donald can drain the swamp, if he can just get the pedophiles out of the system, that will be a tremendous advance in the right direction all by itself. Yeah. Okay. Now, the second question, uh, you've answered part of it, but, uh, you know, uh, and, and going along with this, uh, there's two parts to it. Uh, why are we against Russia, number one? Who is against Russia, number two? And is World War Three around the corner with Russia, or is it going to be with the Muslims? Well, I certainly hope not. I mean, the the whole Muslim thing, you know, was to uh, it, 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 not, you, you go back to the pivotal role of nine eleven, which was uh, <laughs> created by the fertile imagination of Bibi Netanyahu, who wanted to devise a plan to get the United States engaged in wars in the Middle East to take out the modern Arab states that serve as a counterbalance to Israel's domination of the region and to promote the expansion of Israel to the greater Israel of Zionist dreams uh, from the Tigris-Euphrates to the Nile. So so once you understand that, you realize the whole Muslim bit is by and large a contrivance, but where they, they, some of these states, Saudi Arabia, Israel, uh, the United States was complicit to United Arab Emirates, had a lot of uh, uh, political prisoners who were extremists that they, they, they contributed to creation of ISIS, which was devised in order to put pressure on Assad to allow for this expansion, also to put pressure on Iran, because you know the final stages uh, stages of play here uh, involve disintegrating Syria into a multiplicity of little ethnically oriented states that pose no no uh, political significance to Israel's domination, and and then Iran. Now, Iran is no piece of cake. Iran is a mighty nation with an ancient history, a very proud nation, not a nation of Arabs. This is a nation of Persians. Uh, And I'm uh, convinced that they actually have a defense treaty with Russia, possibly also with China. I've long believed that was the solution to this nonsense in the Middle East, an open declaration of a mutual defense pact, all of NATO. I mean, how could the Western powers respond negatively if Russia, China, and Iran declare that an attack on one will be regarded as an attack on all, when that's exactly the premise on which NATO was founded? The fact is, we have grossly abused our agreements with Mikhail Gorbachev that had the status of treaties that we would not encroach on any of the Eastern Bloc nations that we're now being emancipated from the Soviet Union, that we wouldn't make any effort to to convert them into NATO nations, and we wouldn't place military uh, weaponry on the border of Russia. We've violated all those agreements. I mean, the Russians have many reasons to to have grievances with the West, but we're constantly spinning the situation to make it out as though the Russians were the offenders 
and we were somehow the victims when the situation is in fact precisely the opposite. It's like Americans' uh, understanding of Iranian history begins with a popular uprising that deposed the Shah, took, taking our hostages in 1979, ignoring the fact that we defected a coup in Iran in 1953 and upended their democratically elected government and imposed this tyrannical re- ruler. I mean, uh, you know, the, the politics spins it that the Iranians committed the offense against us by taking our uh, 44 members of our embassy hostage, but we committed the greater offense when we upended their democracy with the first coup of the CIA in 1953, of which we have engineered at least 80 since, and where what's going on here in the United States, were it to be successful, would be yet another. Okay. Now, uh, why are we against Russia, and who is instrument in this uh, antagonism toward Russia, and do you think we're going to have a war with Russia? World War Three. Well, I certainly hope not. I don't believe that, that Trump is at all desirous. I do believe there are elements of the CIA and of the Zionists and the Israelis who would like to precipitate a war between the United States and Russia. And yeah. I, I'm very hopeful that is not going to come to pass. I don't think Trump even remotely would contemplate such a thing. Uh, but, you know, Obama sent 3,600 tanks into Europe, and there's been a further military buildup there, which is completely outrageous. Uh, Crimea was a perfectly legitimate, in accordance with international law, the, the uh, referendum held by the Crimean people that wanted to rejoin Russia. Ukraine had been a part of Russia, basically. It's Zbigniew Brzezinski, who, who in his book, uh, uh, The Grand Chessboard, Proposed that if you could you could greatly weaken Russia, if you could separate Ukraine from Russia, because Ukraine is the breadbasket of Russia. Uh, what's gone on there has been horrendous. This was a a, 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 a popular uprising. To, you know, it was a covert operation to de- to take out the legitimate government of Iran, claiming it was a popular uprising being manipulated behind the scenes by the United States and George Soros. Uh, Victoria Nuland, the neocon in the DOD, apparently invested some $5 billion of the taxpayers' money. Soros introduced another $500 million. They even bought Russian weapons so they could fire on people protesting and blame it on Russia, which had nothing to do with it. But there are such ancient historic uh, links between uh, Ukraine and Russia. It makes it a real prime target for provoking some kind of incident that could indeed lead to World War III. Uh, I believe the Russians have shown incredible restraint, uh, astounding patience. I think this Vladimir Putin is uh, unbelievably uh, 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 brilliant statesman. Uh, I regard him as the only true statesman astride the world stage in the modern era. And uh, the the American people have been uh, grossly misled by the demonization of Putin and the idea that uh, having a better relations with Russia would be a bad thing. Uh, and I'm just worried that, you know, all of this effort uh, that's going on, you know, these ties to Russia and all that uh, is going to harm or blunt uh, Trump's opportunities to reach out to Russia, because that would be a great coup for the world, for America, it would be a great defeat for the CIA, for the Zionists. I mean, the world would benefit if we have a rapprochement with Russia. Yeah. You know, we just sent 600 more troops to Syria, you know, 
And they haven't been invited in by the Syrian government, whereas the Russians were invited in by the Syrian government. You know, so I, I don't know uh, whether this, the troops are going to be uh, for really getting rid of ISIS or for uh, working with al-Qaeda, or you know what I mean? Uh, no, nah, you, you, you can take to the bank that uh, Trump has no interest in deposing Assad. He, he doesn't want more wars in the Middle East. He thinks they've been squandering five to six trillion American dollars that could have been better spent here in the United States on our infrastructure. Uh, there are a lot of opportunities that he, he's going to change the situation in a big way, which is one of the reasons why they're trying so desperately to take him out. And it has a lot to do with the gullibility of the American people, which I'm glad to say is being greatly reduced by the media warfare. I mean, it's so blatant. It's so outrageous. I mean, I went through about 10 different stories where they have blamed Trump for being out of touch with reality, but where he was spot on. He understood exactly what was going on, and it's only by committing massive uh, dishonesty, uh, publishing incredible disinformation that the media is able to persist in these matters, some of which become very, very obvious when you undertake even relatively elementary research. Yeah. Well, you know what disturbs me, Jim? is, uh, you know, his three children are married to Jews, and they converted to Judaism, number one. And he has Gerald Kushner, his son-in-law, who's a fanatic Zionist, you know, right in touch with Netanyahu. And he's appointed a lot of Jews to his uh, his advisors. So, I, you know, I, I, it, uh, it disturbs me with all these Zionists surrounding Trump, you know. Uh, I, I question, is he really you know, going to carry out what he is, what he says he does, or, you know, with all these Zionists around him, it, it puts a question mark on it. I understand the the source of your concerns. I was uh, fairly taken aback by this declaration of fealty to Israel at the APAC meeting. Uh, Hillary and... Uh, Let's see who else was in the race at that point. I think Ted Cruz were equally bad, but of course, because I was favoring Trump, I didn't want to hear that from him. Uh, I think he's unbelievably shrewd and that he's been constantly underestimated. And I think we just have to allow some of this to play out. He has... The New York Times reported, but it should have been a front-page story, in fact, it was buried, uh, that the uh, uh, Trump administration has notified the European Union that the administration is going to carry out the Iran nuclear agreement. That was a giant step in the right direction. Uh, I hope we're not going to have regressive actions such as uh, Jeff Sessions going after marijuana. I mean, it's ridiculous. We had to legalize marijuana, give up the war on drugs, make it all legal. You got all the power of the drug cartels and even the CIA. If these drugs are legal, you turn it into a vast source of revenue, not only for the various states. I mean, Colorado has been incurring a bonanza, but it could for the United States. You stop squandering all this effort on law enforcement for a victimless crime. You don't take taxpayer working citizens uh, and put them in prison where they're, they're surviving at taxpayer expense. A rule of thumb, I think the incarceration for a year runs about $100,000. You're talking about people who prefer to smoke their high rather than drink it. Well, how absurd. Let them smoke their high. 
uh, marijuana is, is, is medicinally relatively neutral. I mean, tobacco causes all kinds of adverse effects. Even Doonesbury had a cartoon way back when where Mr. J meets Mr. Butts at a convention, and Mr. Butts is boasting of having been responsible for 250,000 deaths last year, and, and Mr. J has to sheepishly admit not even one. I think the alcohol lobby has been suppressing uh, legalization of marijuana because they, they think they're going to lose revenues from the sale of their own product. But, I mean, the best thing to do, the war on drugs has been a failure. It's only still in place because the CIA makes more money from drug dealing where it's running the biggest operation in the world when drugs are illegal and the prices are high, then it would do the opposite. In fact, it would be a brilliant stroke to, to legalize marijuana and to abandon the war on drugs. And, you know, the libertarians have it right with regard to this drug thing. Uh, marijuana is not a gateway drug. I mean, it's silly to make that kind of argument, uh, but it's often raised, and it looks as though Sessions watched uh, Reefer Madness once too many times in his youth. So I'm hopeful yeah, I hope that he's not going to squander the resources of the United States on the war on drugs. Yeah, I hope so, too, because we're we're legal here in Oregon, too, and and the medicinaries have been such a blessing with the CBDs for people with autism, yeah. Uh, yeah. we've and Alzheimer's and brain. I mean, yeah. there's so many things. And I, I'm an herbalist, so I've worked with people on the on these issues. Um, Sam, hold on a minute. I want to give Steve a chance to ask some questions. Um, okay, I have, have a couple more after Steve's done. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and then like, we'll let Steve go ahead. Go ahead, yeah. Steve. Jim, welcome back. Uh, great lecture tonight, and uh, just really awesome. And I did want to compliment. Uh, I listened to one of your shows that you did uh, on the moon uh, on the Apollo program. Excellent, excellent work. And I want to compliment. Oh, good, good. With that, that, Dennis Oh uh, yeah, it, it yeah. was good. It reminded me of of the uh, what you did on Paul Wellstone. Excellent, excellent work. So my good, compliment. Good. What I wanted to bring up, and this is what I found really interesting, Jim, and it kind of like. People need to realize this, but it's a war that the mainstream media is having with Donald Trump. There's no question about it. And as you mentioned earlier, uh, uh, Lawrence O'Donnell, the, the hatred, and it's encouraged by MSNBC when he comes on, is so obvious. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable, yeah. his hatred and his, the way he is attacking, uh, even not as a, a journalist, but it's, yeah. it's personal. It's personal. You can see that. But what I was wanting to bring up is this something I noticed that people kind of let the slip by, and it's not being mentioned anymore. But prior to the tweet that Trump did over the weekend, as you noticed, every morning, either on Morning Show or on Chris Cuomo on uh, CNN, the first thing that was brought up going back a couple of weeks ago was the amount of uh, Jewish daycare centers and synagogues that were attacked. They were given numbers. They were saying, like, there are uh, 20 different events where there are bomb threats to Jewish daycare centers. Then all of a sudden it quits. Well, this didn't make any sense because if the Muslim ban was targeting Muslims and they were trying to show hatred towards Muslims, why the Jews? That, that just didn't make any sense. So this shows me that there's a Zionist uh, uh, plot to do this. And once the tweet started, there's no more mention of it. They just quit. There's no more yeah. of these attacks. That's kind of strange that that just yeah. dropped off. I found I found it very curious that all of a sudden it stopped. There's no more mention of it, and yet they well, had a winning total. That the, how, yeah. what's, what's your reason? It, 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 it was a it was a pol 
political stunt. It was all contrived. It was right before I give his date of the, you know, his address to Congress. They wanted to make sure that he couldn't ignore the Jews. So we're supposed to be concerned about the plight of the Jews. I mean, I'm really pissed off about having my book banned by Amazon because the American people are entitled to know the truth about the Holocaust. I mean, after all, if the Holocaust was real, then research would confirm it. And if it wasn't, then the world deserves to know. Well, it wasn't, and the world deserves to know. These are the most manipulative uh, individuals in the world. The Mossad is notorious for its acts of deception. I mean, that's the motto, wage war by deception. They blew up their own embassy in, in Argentina in Buenos Aires in 1992. It killed about two dozen uh, they claimed it was an attack by the Iranians, but the building blew up from the inside out. When that didn't draw enough attention, they blew up their own co- Jewish community center, killed about 84 two years later. Once again, they claimed it was a car bomb, but the building blew up from the inside out. Uh, the, the whole thing was blamed on Iran uh, because uh, Argentina had been cooperating with Iran in the development of the peaceful use of nuclear energy. These people are very severe in their reaction. If you're too enthusiastic about a Palestinian state, you may suffer the fate of Japan. You may have a Stutniks missile sent into your nuclear reactor and destroy the whole Pacific Ocean eventually. I mean, it's outrageous what's been going on here. The, the, the Charlie Hebdo and the Paris attacks all appear to have been uh, engineered because uh, uh, Frenchmen were showing too much enthusiasm for a Palestinian state. And similarly in Scandinavia, you can go around the world. We have a new book coming out uh, on Moon Rock Books about uh, these attacks in Europe. Uh, going through a dozen of these different attacks, a book by Nick Kohlerstrom, who's a completely brilliant guy and historian of science. He's the leading expert in the UK on the 7-7 London subway bombings, which he blew apart by discovering that the train from Luton that the young Muslim lads would have had to take to have been at the tube stops in time for the explosions to take place had been canceled that day. So they couldn't have even been present at the scene. It was a government run-up from beginning to end. This is a man who has stood up courageously. And I tell you, this, this book is absolutely blockbusting. It's wonderful. So I just say, and, and he's documenting Israeli complicity in one event after another after another. In fact, he's even observed that, uh, you know, false flags attack without, without the Mossad would be Hamlet without the prince, okay? I mean, what you're talking about is uh, a nation whose secret intelligence services specializes in acts of deception, false flag attacks. I mean, it's just, it's just outrageous when you get into it to realize that Israel is performing terrorist acts all over the world. Yes, yes. Actually, and, and not only that, but, uh, you know, we all know that the term six million uh, was used by the Jews well, well before the, uh, Hitler came into power. That was in New York Times. It's oh, quoted, they were. Quoted all over did the I, Did I, did I? Did I not? I probably didn't mention it before. There are 236 references to six million Jews in dire straits or fear of loss of their lives in the yes. international literature before the Nuremberg Tribunal, beginning in 1890. Right. 1890. <laughs> yeah. It, it was kind of like they got they got the public used to the term 
So then it was like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I realize that. But they don't. It, it, it's derivative. Yeah. It's derivative of a disputed passage in Leviticus that has been interpreted as meaning that the chosen people can return to the promised land only when they're minus six million who have been consumed in the flames. But that even that requires an interpolation because there was no word in the original Hebrew for six million. The International Committee of the Red Cross kept very copious documented records about all the inmates in the camps, their ages, their nationality, their religion, and so forth, their cause of death. In 1993, they, they reviewed all their calculations and determined the total number from all the camps was 296,081, which, if you notice, is a significantly smaller number than 6 million, none of whom died from being put to death in gas chambers using Cyclone B. Good. Wow. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. That from Sam, Sam, you go ahead. That that covers mine. Uh, thank you so much. Okay. Well, the, mal the malnutrition occurred because the Allies bombing the German cities also interdicted the railroad lines to the camps. These were actually labor yeah. camps. They, they, yeah. they, and it wasn't a German plan to exterminate the Jews. More Catholics than Jews died at Auschwitz, for example. They had a yeah. word working shop at a symphony hall. They had OBGYN. Someone was telling me how many babies were born at Auschwitz. It was uh, several thousand uh, babies born at Auschwitz. That doesn't sound like a center for extermination to me. It was when I discovered in a book by Nick Kohlerstrom, in fact, a photograph of the British soccer team at Auschwitz looking very chipper and physically fit that I was convinced the whole thing was a total swindle. Yeah, plus the sign on Auschwitz was lowered from 4 million people have died to 1 million. Well, and, you know, the, and I'm telling you, that, they had the 4 million number. originally. I know, I know, but I'm telling you the total number from the International Committee of the Red Cross is 296,081 from oh, all okay. the camps combined. All the camps combined. Yeah. Wow. This you know, nothing. this is a, this is an issue that's a, uh, that's harder for the American public to swallow than just about anything. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. know. I know. Yeah. You know, Myron Fagan, he was a Jewish playwright, and he wrote that Illuminati. You're probably familiar with it. And he estimated that 500,000. His his figure was 500,000 uh, died from. Uh, in the camps altogether, and they died from top. Plus, there was a typhus epidemic, Jim. You know that. Well, that's why they were using they were using Zyklon B as a disinfectant. They were they were hosing down the inmates with Zyklon B to kill body lice, which are transmitters of typhus and dysentery. Right. In other words, yeah. to improve the state of their health. And it turns yeah. out that Zyklon B has a chemical interaction with the walls of the chambers where it was used. And none of the alleged, uh, and they turn blue, and none of the walls of the alleged uh, 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 gas chambers turn blue. The only walls that were turned blue were where they were using Zyklon B as a disinfectant. Yeah, you remember when the Israelis tried to sink the US, uh, they sank USS Liberty, and they tried yeah. to, and they yeah. tried to blame it on the Egyptians, another false flag. Well, Lyndon Johnson had a hand in that, sad to say. Yeah. Just as he, was, he was the primary force behind the death of JFK, of course. He even yeah. sent his chief administrative assistant, Cliff Carter, down to Dallas to make sure all the arrangements were in place for the assassination. But the Liberty yeah. was another act of treason by the President of the United States. They wanted to sink the Liberty and claim it had been done by Egyptians to draw the U.S. in on the side of Israel. Israel didn't need any help. 
I mean, they, they, they mopped up in six days, right? But, I mean, this was an outrage. They were bombing and stracing the Liberty. They knew it was an American ship. And when the, the admiral in the Mediterranean sent U.S. fighters to come to the defense of the Liberty, Lyndon Johnson called them back. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, hey, Jim, here's, I, you know, I, I recently read the Bohemian Grove, and I also read the Franklin cover-up. And it was quite disturbing. You know, all these yeah. prominent people, they go there, yeah. they carry on homosexuality, pedophilia, and also they bring and, the prostitutes in. Can you comment appears, on the Bohemian Grove? Well, it also appears to involve child sacrifice. I've been told they'll take a a, a child and they'll subject them to uh, an, an, an anesthetic uh, and then they put him on a, a fire, and when he gradually becomes conscious, he realizes he's burning up, and the screams are there in the background. I mean, what I've heard of Bohemian Groove is really gruesome, not yeah. good. I've also heard it's a very large encampment. And yeah, 2,700 acres. Separate camps there, and I, I don't know if it's 100 acres or more than that. But no, 2,700 acres, Jim. It's 2,700 yeah, acres. That they're flying in children in helicopters to these different for sexual abuse and so forth. It's disgusting. It's completely Oh, disgusting. it's horrible. And these are our leaders. Henry uh, Kissinger well, was there. The Bushes Pizzagate. were there. That's why this Pizzagate scandal is so important. You're talking about people of the prominence of Chuck Shermer and Nancy Pelosi and Al Franken and John Podesta and Hillary Clinton Diane, and Diane Feinstein. Diane Feinstein may well be, yes. Oh yeah, for sure. I think <laughs> it's all disgusting. Hey. I think hey, that there. I think that these aging women like Hillary Clinton and Nancy Pelosi think that they'll be rejuvenated by drinking the blood of children. Yeah. Well, Sam, yeah, but these, why these don't are you... these are the perverts that are running our country. Yeah, that's why, why you got you have... to drain the swamp. We got a report that there's a we have a report that there's a grand jury conducting its investigations right now in Washington D.C. on really yeah. oh great that's good news to hear because you know it's one of those issues that could so easily be swept under the carpet just because of the outrageousness oh, no, of it this is really at the core of it because so many of yeah. these people are desperately fighting Trump because they're afraid that they're gonna you know have their oh, reputations yeah. destroyed by the PizzaGate revelations. And I do believe that's coming. Yes, I hope so. Praise God. Um, Sam, how about one more question? Then we're going to let Jim go, okay? Because he's been on here yeah, okay. over two hours. Yeah, hey, Jim, uh, uh, you know, Israel has a lot of influence in this country. How do they have so much influence? Because they just, they mainly control all the politicians. Well, there's several politics. answers. There's several explanations for their enormous influence. One is, as Cynthia McKinney whom I admire beyond words, revealed a few years ago, when a new member of Congress arrives in Washington, D.C., they're asked to sign a pledge to put the interests of Israel even ahead of those of the United States. And those who don't sign find themselves confronted with a well-financed alternative candidate or even that their district has been redrawn and they no longer have a seat, which happened to Dennis Kucinich. Cynthia actually lost her seat at one point, came back and served eight different terms as a representative. She's wonderful. The other is that this uh, this whole pedophile thing 
this Jeffrey Epstein with his Orgy Island Lolita Express has led to the compromise of dozens and dozens of prominent political fixtures in the United States where this island in the Caribbean was just loaded with, uh, with miniature cameras and so forth, and these politicians were uh, filmed in humiliating situations frequently with underage uh, girls or boys, and they use it as blackmail. And then they can extend the influence of uh, of Israel by getting more of their colleagues uh, to come to Orgy Island and to be filmed. I mean, you see how it works. So that we have a real cesspool. Trump refers to it as the swamp. He's attempting to drain it, and I wish him every success. It's devoutly to be wished. Was, was that island down in the uh, Caribbean? Is that the one that Jeff Epstein owns? Yes. Yeah. That's exactly right. Obviously a Zionist. Oh, yeah, sure. Well, so much of this is a Zionist op. Remember when these two very distinguished social scientists, one from Harvard and one from Chicago, published a book on the Israeli lobby. I mean, massive book, thoroughly documented about the extraordinary influence that Israel has exercised over the American uh, Congress. Instead of being lauded for the expose, they were instead attacked. I mean, that's the power of the Israeli lobby. Remember, JFK uh, had the World Jewish Congress, the predecessor of AIPAC, register as a foreign agent. But since his assassination, no president has gone that far. Well, you know, uh, Alfred Lilienthal, who's a Jew, he wrote that Zionist Connection. It's a thousand-page book. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Alfred Lilienthal, The Zionist Connection. Uh, I believe I've heard of the book, but you're right. I have not read it. Uh, I think yeah. there's a lot of uh, good stuff out there. But, I mean, the fact is that Israel has way too much uh, influence over our government. And I think yeah. that those who are concerned about the fact that, uh, that Gerald Kushner, you know, seems to have extraordinary relations with Bibi Netanyahu uh, is certainly troubling. On the other hand, look, you got the Zionist-dominated New York Times that's been going after Trump, you know, hammer and tong. If, believe me, I think if Trump were a Zionist stooge, the attitude of the media toward him would be completely different. Yeah. Uh, are you familiar with Mike King in a tomato bubble? Uh, yeah, that's a publication, right, on the Internet? Yeah, tomato. Yeah, he, he calls the New York Times a New York slime. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's all appropriate. I call it the Langley Newsletter, but we're getting the same point across. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Okay. Um, Dee Dee? Sam, I, uh, yes? Dee Dee, this is Nick in Texas. I have a yes or no question for Jim, if I may. Sure. Okay. Uh, you got time for one more, Jim? Sure. Okay. Thank you, Sam. That was very interesting. Uh, I'm going to let Nick, have a question, then we're going to close the show. Yeah, I'll, I'll ask Jim next time he comes on. I'll ask him the rest. Sure. Okay, yeah, yeah you've I, got great, great questions. Thank Go you. Go ahead, Nick. Uh, Jim, I know you know my friend uh, Michael Hoffman, and you've interviewed him before. Uh, he's coming out with a new book, Occult Renaissance Church of Rome. Um, but my question is can Donald Trump get the country back? without calling up the militia, which we don't have right now. 
my 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 answer is I believe the answer to that is yes he can and I'm doing everything I can to support him in that goal because he's our last opportunity to salvage our country and get us back on a firm constitutional footing uh, uh, the country has slipped out of our grasp it's dominated by special interests in a way that no one ever heretofore foresaw and the degree of corruption is the greatest in the history of the republic uh, if anyone can save us from ourselves, it is Donald J. Trump. Without yeah. calling up the militia? Yeah, I mean, that's how, my how opinion. Is he, how is he going to uh, counteract the standing army and the police state which we're in? You don't, you, don't, you don't appreciate how much law enforcement and the military are behind Donald Trump. There are a whole lot, there's a whole network of intel agents and military who are uh, 100% with Trump. There's no way there could be a military takeover of Trump, mark my words. They're trying to do it by character assassination, by the, the scum of the earth who are in the mainstream media trying to mislead the American people about the right and the wrong of a whole host of issues and their ongoing effort to induce the false belief that he is out of contact with reality when, in fact, he has a firmer grasp of what's been going on than anyone else out there, certainly than anyone in the media who are stumbling all over themselves in their efforts to make up another fake news story about the president to benefit the uh, deep state and the powerful forces that are allied against him. He represents the people. They represent corporations and the, and the deep state, not the people. And uh, uh, I continue to be... Uh, cautiously optimistic that Trump is going to prevail. Yeah, yeah when okay, you look at you. everything he's when you look at everything he's done, I mean if you look at the list of things he's done, you can't help but be encouraged. And um, that was a good question, Nick, by the way. Thank you for that. So um yeah, hey, hey, I mean hey, Titi, I just want to ask Jim if he's familiar with RT television. Yes. Or RT yes. dot com. Yes. Yes. They report RT, excellent news. RT and Sputnik News and, and uh, Press TV are three of the best uh, sources of news in the world today. Uh, the New York yeah. Times, the Washington Post, CNN, NBC, MSNBC, among the worst. Yeah, Yeah. well, there's 400 alternative media stations, and I monitor about 40 of them. So you're right. Um yeah, and that's what people don't realize, how much information is really out there, but they don't know what to use. You know, and, and AUN uses RT and Press TV quite a bit for information. So that was a good question, Sam. Yeah. James, hey, hey, Jim, I, I, I depend on Real Jew News for a lot of good information. Yeah, 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 yeah. There are some sources out there that will surprise you. Actually, I mean, there's several Israeli newspapers like Haaretz and uh, – uh, in in uh, 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 Times of Israel, I think that that actually publish very straight, serious news stories that are at least have the virtue of accuracy and truth. Really, I'll have to look into that. Yeah, yeah there's so many. There's Kush, the Angry Patriot. That's DC Clothesline, Free Thought Project, Trump News, Forbidden Knowledge, Daily Bell. This is like the Leak Project is a good one too. You're, you're on top of it. Yeah, I, Didi, I want to yeah. thank you for featuring me tonight. I certainly appreciate the opportunity to discuss these matters with all of you. And 
you know, I look forward to a return sometime in the future. Yeah, we really appreciate you, Jim, because you're you're a guest that covers a wide range of subjects that we're all interested in, and we've had a lot of people that have their specific projects, and these are all important efforts, yeah, surely. Jim, Jim, Jim Rents has you on all the time. He puts your articles on. Well, I have a regular show on Rents called The Raw Deal, Tuesday, Thursday, from 8 to yeah. 9 p.m. Eastern Time, and then Jeff features me three times a month on his own show, usually do it during the second hour, which would be 11 p.m. Eastern time. Those are on Thursdays, the first, the third, and the fourth Thursdays of the month. In fact, I'm able to do the show tonight because it's the second Thursday of the month rather than the first, the third, or the fourth. Yeah. Did you ever talk talk with Gerald Salenti? No, I never have. I never have. He seems to be a very smart guy. Yeah, he's pretty interesting. Yeah, I monitor him, too. I really like his work. Um, Thanks, um, Sam, and thanks, James. We really enjoyed it. Please come back again, and it was my pleasure to have you here tonight, and we've gained so much knowledge from you and and continuity, and we really appreciate what you do, and God bless you and your work. Well, thank you. I'm very glad to have shared this evening with you. It was a real pleasure for me, too. Great. And thank you, Rebecca and Sam and Nick and everyone for being here also and everybody on TalkShoe. And so we'll, we'll say a fond good night to, to Professor James Fetzer. Thanks so very much. So very welcome. CD. A-U-N, American Underground Network. Dee. Yes. You're still there? Yeah, Rebecca. That went very well. Um, yeah, that was fun. Great fun. So, um, but just about Sunday. Uh, yeah. Do you want to have lunch or do you want to just have coffee or what, what do you want to, what, what's your oh, well, take on Maybe that? we should try and have lunch. It sounds like a really good spot. Um, yeah. I looked it up on the map and then uh, my friend lives off of uh, East Bay, is it East Bay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's not. It, she's off of Ames on East Bay, so that's like six or seven, less than ten minutes from where you wanted to meet. And I th- think it'd be a great yeah, it's, spot. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. It's, no, let's it's do it. Yeah. It has the art artwork. The artwork. Yeah. Yeah, and okay. my brother so Dennis. That. Yeah, that'll be great. Mm-hmm. No, and I think I know exactly how to get there. And my brother Dennis is a really interesting fellow, and. Uh, and he, I told him, let's just get out of town and do something fun. You have a change of scenery. I, I got a new car my brother gave me, so <laughs> we're going to come up oh, there. Cool. And, yeah, and I'm picking up this piece of artwork that's worth quite a bit of money, and he's, I'm going to be able to sell it right away. I got the With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.